To Beyond the Void or Podcast. That's right. It's episode 274. And that, my friends, you just heard is Josh from the Bloody Good Film Podcast. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me on here finally. We had you on like episode 15. Which and you, you guys waited till, listen. You waited till episode 273 to have me on. Where's the yeah. fucking courtesy there? I mean, I didn't really want you on. <laughs> I, I, I know you were supposed to get Jesse on here and I, I, Dude, I was like, what a piece the, of shit, right? I was like, get the fuck out of here, Jesse. This is my, this is my guest spot. Yeah. Jesse couldn't make it today. He had uh prior engagements, which is totally valid. By the way, I vouch for him a hundred percent. He still owes me though. But uh, well, other than that, I, I think you said he was full of shit. He was taking care of that right now. He's just probably sitting on the throne, letting all that shit out. That was he's, his excuse. He's like, today just seems like a good day to take a monster dump. <laughs> And cry to myself. That's how all my dumps go. Just cry and dump. <laughs> let, let all your fluids and solids That's out. It's like a website or something, right? Crying while shitting. Oh, it's my <laughs> website. I'm glad you visit. There's crying while eating, though. That's a real thing. Like, have you ever heard of that? There's like an actual website for that. I don't. I don't I'm not really into it sad used to be eating. anyway. I, like that's the like I don't like watching people eat up close and like crying makes me uncomfortable. I actually I know, something would, soothing about it for me. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't like it either. No, it, whatever. I'm not. I'm not here to kink shame you. This isn't, this isn't the kink shame podcast. It's the only time like, that I can have sex is when someone's shitting and fucking eating cereal and laughing and crying at the same time. That's that's <laughs> pretty a little, specific. Yeah, I, I I don't know how you search for those specific things. It involves a squatty potty and a couple of hopes and dreams that might be shattered by the end of it. Man, we're off to a shitty start already. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, guys, today we're going to be talking about two different movies. Since they do sort of an action horror podcast, they tend to do a little of both and um, or a mixture of the two, as, as we've seen. And this is kind of where we wanted to kind of land on. So Josh picked the first movie. He said Against the Dark with fucking Steven Seagal. That's right. That came out in 2009, I think it was. right? Yes. 2009 you know the height of Seagull's career of course I mean there's not even the 80s could compare well he is bigger here than he was in the 90s but that's yeah, he's literally like three sizes bigger than his original size, <laughs> which is fine I'm a big guy here I'm not making fun of the dude all right <laughs> he, he's just been cultivating mass for the last 20 right. years he's, he's gonna he's, he's gonna harvest it soon dude it's and all that built now. up he's not getting enough justice out you know what I mean so he's just keeping it all in <laughs> Is it like gas? He's just he just needs to he needs to get with Jesse and just relieve it all. Yeah, exactly. 
And, and then we're going to be watching a Stallone movie, which is called I See You from 2002. One of those late movies that came out years later, but it was made in 99, actually. But oh, they got it that close to when uh, when the book came out because the book yeah. was called Jitter Joint, which I think was a better title. And uh, that was came out in 99, too. So like this, this must have been like one of those books that they acquired while they were writing or something. I, I just like, when I hear the name Jitter Joint is like, oh, man, you going down to the Jitter Joint, huh? You- <laughs> I, I just I just had like skeletons jittery. So I I, I, I didn't take it in your your point. I, I thought you were going to do like a pot joke or something. No, man, they gave you free coffee and donuts at the Jitter Joint, man. You can get there and just wipe clean your whole history of alcoholism and everything. I don't want to wipe clean my history of alcoholism. I'm still adding to it. Yeah. <laughs> I still beat my, I'm kidding. No, uh, <laughs> you can fill in the blank there. I'm just joking. Cause uh, <laughs> but Christine Josh, is not here. Now you're talking about beating. Yeah, no, no, no. I didn't say, I didn't say what it was. You know, it could be my own meat for all, you know, you don't know. That's a person, <laughs> not a what. Christina would be like, no, Alex, no, right now. Like, and then we would have to cut it, cut it out pretty much. <laughs> She but, keeps uh, me in check, so it's going to be interesting how this one's going to go. Yeah, we've not been keeping each other on check. Like, I, I have this. Jesse's more the straight man on the podcast. Right. And I just let my shit go fly, and you do the same thing. And we're the Which, wild cards, like together. Something bad's going to happen. This is going to be this is going to be your least listened to episode because that people are going to hear all this crap literally <laughs> coming up in the first five minutes. They're like, no, I'll, I'll tune into the episode two seventy four or whatever the fuck we're on. Well, you know what you should do is tell everybody about your podcast so we so they can check you out. I've told them about I've told them about you guys. Yeah, I, I've I've heard it and I've appreciated the the callouts here and there. Uh, we do we didn't want to pigeonhole ourselves to horror. Like I've noticed that a lot of uh, action or a lot of horror fans also tend to be action fans. So I'm like, we can do some crossover and still get uh, a, a few listeners, and we've gotten exactly that a few listeners. It's a so cheese like, factor. That's what it is. It, it's it's because people like one liners. They enjoy it in horror. They enjoy it mm-hmm. in, in action. So we just got the name that kind of embodied both. There's blood in both the genres. I enjoy the hell out of like the fact that we're doing Sloan Stones, my all time favorite actor, mm. and like people give a shit for being a shit actor, but he's he's bringing the cheese. When it needs to be done, he knows how to bring the acting when it needs to be acting. And people don't understand he's acting for the movie that he's in. So like he's my he's my all-time favorite actor. I love that he's a director. He he's written all this shit. Very awesome. We had a poll on this, which you incorrectly quoted on the last episode. I'm terrible memory shit. So (laughs) no, no, I just want to make it clear. Nobody is gonna like Praise Seagal for being the greatest actor. Right, and I misspelled time. it on fucking the 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 internet, which is great because now everyone's yeah, gonna hate me. Yeah, and I didn't call you out on that or anything. I didn't spell it <laughs> Seagal at least. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, Seagal's kind of a he's he's like an enigma. Like I enjoy the fuck out of his movies, but he he always seems like he's doing like a sloppy twelve year old slap fight in his in his uh, films, and I'm always amazed when he kicks anybody. I don't think the kicking in this movie was him, but in his earlier movies, anytime he lifted his legs, like I didn't know his legs could go that high. That's amazing because <laughs> he's he, he's really focused on the slap fights. Well, he's the judo guy, right? Yeah, which is uh, I'm not going to pretend like I'm a martial artist, but from everybody I've heard that does do martial arts, that's not really a good offensive martial arts. So yeah, it's less impressive. But then again, I'm sure other people could make it look a little less sloppy than he does. Right. But then again, I still love the fuck out of his movies. I don't know. I don't. He's like an action star that does not make sense, but I love watching him. So what is your favorite uh, Seagal movie? Would you hard say? to kill or yeah. No, no. Yeah. Hard to kill with uh, 
his wife at the time, Kelly, Kelly LeBrock, where he he wakes up in a coma with the worst fucking coma beard of all time. <laughs> yeah, it's, I it's, that. it's it's so fucking fake. And there's a chase sequence with him pushing himself like really slowly on his on his bed because he can't get up, but somehow he can power his whole fucking bed with his with his arms and a broomstick to get away from people. Dude, it's mine's so, gonna be marked for death. It's an awesome fucking movie. That's it's a great awesome. one. I don't know what it is. Rewatching it again rekindled my my fav- my like memories. You know, like. Of all these crazy movies. So I wasn't exactly, I was like, I've been kind of hesitant to watch the Against the Dark because I just didn't want to taint that memory a little bit. And I feel like, you know, we'll talk about it. I'm not going to say yet, but. <laughs> I, I, I kind of enjoy so bad. It's good. Even to the point where it's like, I can kind of watch an occasional Bruce Willis or Mel Gibson straight to video movie. It's going to be interesting to talk about that Steven Seagal one, I think the most. But I think it might be that time, Josh. Horse shots. Yes. What time is it? Horse shots. All right, guys. So we decided to pick I C U. So E Y E. By the way, it's clever, isn't it? It's well, actually it's a movie called, called Detox. Yeah. You said you'd come in with the hot with the the, the facts, and the I almost facts. interrupted you. I always do, man, because it just makes me feel closer to the material, so that I feel like I can kind of jump around on it a little I, bit. I was gonna jump in with a detox, and you had it. On. Yeah, I'm I'm quick, motherfucker. <laughs> Josh knows his shit too, so you know, don't cut him short if you do. <laughs> but yeah, we decided on that movie. I was I thought it was a little distasteful for us to pick it because there's some pretty strong themes in that movie at the beginning that I was like kind of horrified by what I saw. Uh, so I was like, this is not a so bad. It's good movie. Really? <laughs> I don't know if we should be making jokes about the, the the nature of it, but then it turned to something else. So I feel a little bit better. I don't know. I, I thought all the alcoholism, like this is the movie that we're going to have to do. Like he's dealing with some tough shit. Let's, 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 let's lead into it and be, well, how do you face. do a shot? That's like based around the movie that is essentially saying, don't drink. <laughs> Exactly. It's a it's a challenge and it, it's a challenge against the message of this movie. Right. It's like, fuck, fuck you. I'll drink like I, I just I he, he's in a Martin Riggs situation. And like it's, it's either you take a shot in the mouth or take a or take a shot of alcohol. Dude, I, think I prefer he, the shot of alcohol. I think Stallone outdoes him in the one scene here in this movie for that Riggs moment. If you, you will talk about it. You guys know you, if you've seen both. Lethal Weapon, the first one, and this movie. You will know exactly what we're talking about, but we'll get into it later. But for this shot, we decided to try to do the double entendre thing. We came up with a bunch of different, myriad of different theme names, and we came across I See Juice because it's a, you know, play on words. And we figured, you know, what would you put in that drink? And there was a killer in the movie who always drilled people's heads and their eyes. And I thought, apple of my eye, you know, and I was like, okay, so apple and he was drinking whiskey at the bar. So we combined the two and came up with an apple whiskey drink called an IC juice. And I have it right here so you can see it. You know, I'm actually taking it. Josh doesn't have the ingredients and he doesn't like shots anyway. So I'll I'll, I'll film one on Instagram and send it to you. There you go. So if you guys really want to do it the the straight way, all you have to do is basically mix it in a, in a, like a, it's a mixing drink. Like you want to put into a cup first with ice and now mine's probably a little warm, but it's supposed to be really cold because the movie's really cold. That's how far I go with this shit in my mind. Okay. <laughs> so you put one part Apple Mountain Dew, 
and a shot of Jim Beam vanilla because we didn't have the regular whiskey. So it's going to be interesting. And maybe it tastes good with the vanilla in there. I don't know. I'm really doubtful. But the vanilla, vanilla, you think white. So it's like it's like the snow. So it kind of fits in with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to smell it. It's, it's the vanilla is really kicking through on that one. Yeah, it probably smells like your grandmother. But your and that goes with the Granny Smith apple, so it's like it smells like your grandmother and it's Granny Smith apple flavor. Um, surprisingly good. <laughs> I'm honestly, actually impressed. Honestly, I was going to tell you the horseshit should just be a shot of whiskey this this round because it's fucking. That's what I was, was thinking. Yeah. Was, but I didn't know what doing. kind of whiskey he had, so I was like, "Well, we'll put some apple in there just because I have the the drinks right now." So, you, just but, get whis- you just get whiskey served to you by an Italian guy. And there you go. You have no. your, your ICU shot. Midday, you sit at the fucking at the seats that are used for at nighttime when, when the bar is full. Midday, when all your, fa- all your regulars are there, you sit at the fucking thing and make the bartender come all the way around to serve you a shot because you're that badass. <laughs> yeah. Well, honestly, I, I don't. Sometimes you want to sit at the booth and get fucking served. I get it. I'm, I'm not even like depressed like Stallone. I'm just like, I, I want my own personal space. They're on the job. They can walk a little bit longer. <laughs> and if you guys know what happened in the story, he probably didn't want to fuck with that anyway. So if you guys would like to try an IC juice, all you have to do is actually go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section now. That's it for horror shots. All right, guys. So now we're going to jump into our flesh and potatoes of I See You from 2002 and Against the Dark from 2009. And we're going to go ahead and do that right now. Alright guys, so we are back and here is the movie I See You from 2002, also known as Detox. This is one of the movies that sat on the shelf for about three years. It was finished in 1999, but released in 2002. The story is, a lead detective being stalked by a serial killer is asked to check into a clinic treating law enforcement officials who can't face their jobs. Tagline, survival is a killer. It's a terrible tagline. I'm it's sorry. It's really bad, dude. Uh, director is Jim Gillespie, who did a few Queen music videos, believe it or not. He also did I Know What You Did Last Summer, which was a pretty popular film during that time. And uh, also Venom, not the Marvel one, obviously. The killer one from 2005. There's a uh, writer, Howard Swindle, who actually wrote the original story that this is based off of called Jitter Joint, which we talked about earlier. And we also have screenplay writer Ron L. Brinkerhoff, who did the screen story on that. This is his first screenplay that he actually did. And this is he also did the movie The Guardian with Kevin Costner. And that's it. So I, I never even saw The Guardian. So that's like all every all these credits are like, oh, I know Queen. Uh, I know Kevin Costner exists. <laughs> this actual cast has a fuck ton of fucking people in it. Holy shit! When I was I I, did, I went into this movie fucking blind. I saw the cover. I saw Stallone was in it. That and that was it. This cast, so Huge. many people that got bigger after this. Right. Like, I don't think most of them. I don't think were big at the time. Yeah, like well, obviously Sylvester Stallone's in it. He plays Jake Malloy. 
I'm not going to go and spit any of his movies, but you know he's done a lot. He is working on another Expendable, so part four. He is doing uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I guess he's going to be a big part in that one, the new, the third one. We got people like Charles S. Dutton in here, who plays Hendrix, which is always kind of weird for me because he was in that movie Gothica, and he's a real piece of shit in that movie. So I was, never, it was a I real never, hard one for me to see him in this again because that was the last movie I saw of him. Uh, but he's a great actor. He was in Alien 3, notoriously for that role. He did Legion, The Gift, Android Cop, Black Dog, which was a big one for him. Mimic, which was a huge role for him. Um, we also got Polly Walker, who I'm not too familiar with, but she plays the character Jenny in this movie. She was in the Rome TV series. Emma, she was... Also in Clash of the Titans remake, Patriot Games, John Carter, and more. Chris Christopherson's in here. Holy shit. Fucking Whistler himself. He oh, plays yeah. He plays Doc in this. He was obviously in Blade as Whistler. He was in Payback, The Jacket, Flashpoint, Millennium, which was a pretty big one for him, which is like a love story time travel one. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Lance Hedrickson X-Files spinoff TV no, show. I don't know this. But I remember that too. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty popular for a while. Uh, we also have Myth, who I barely spoke in the movie. He played a character named Brandon, who I thought was Mark Dacascus <laughs> uh, from Double Dragon and John Wick 3, because he looks exactly like him now. Hmm. He was um, but he was in Kick-Ass 2, Dirty Work, The Stupids, Hemlock Grove, and plenty more. We also have Christopher Fulford, who plays Slater, who's been in a lot, but I didn't recognize him. He kind of reminded me of that guy that was in um, The Mist. The, the shop worker with the glasses. It's been a while since I watched The Mist. This this is a guy that I think he must be on so many TV shows that I recognize his oh, face, yeah. but I couldn't like place where I've seen him. I'm like, he's probably just shown up all over the fucking 90s because I love like old 90s TV well, shows. He's a British actor, so he's done a lot over there, but he's also done stuff here. He did Immortal Beloved, Murphy's Law, Walk, Waking the Dead, Stonehurst Asylum, which is a movie and plenty more. We also get Jeffrey Wright, who you guys may know in Westworld, he plays Jaworski in here, and this is probably his worst performance I've seen. But <laughs> this I, is... I, I'm going to disagree. I kind of thought he did good. He he's, he transforms himself. Like you're talking about uh, Felix Lidecker from from Casino Royale, the newest Jim Gordon. I think he's I like know. a completely different character in this from what he's ever done. He's, he's playing it's, like a junkie kind of, cop, and he's I good. Get it? But like he's such a like suave actor. He's got the chops, man. Like he can, he can, he can act with the best of them. And you're, like, you're saying he's too suave to play a junkie. Cause he, he, he knew how to, he's a great actor. <laughs> he knew how to bring it down. Like I, I know that in real life, he's fucking cool. I, I have no doubt about that. But I don't he know. Made me, he made me believe he was shooting up in between takes. <laughs> well, he's obviously in the new, the Batman. Um, he also was the voice of Isaac in the last of us part two. He did Source Code, Quantum Solace, Syriana, The Invasion, which was the Nicole Kidman remake of the Body Snatchers movie. We got Tom Berenger, another fucking 90s, like, fucking hero guy. He the was Hank. Substitute. Yeah, yeah, The Substitute. He was, wasn't he in The Rock? I, I forgot. I think I missed no, that he, one. He's not in The Rock. No, you talking okay, about the, that's right. I, he plays I, a bad guy in, in some movie, and I can't think of what it is. I can't think of it either. I, I, I He's in Sniper. He's in... in uh, the substitute movies are what, well, he's only substitute in the first one. The Treat, best. Treat Williams came in and took his spot, but right. it substitutes like dangerous minds. If they replace the Michelle Pfeiffer with a badass with a gun, dude, he's fucking Tom Berenger is the shit in the substitute. I rewatched it recently and it's badass. He was in, the, in platoon as well. The big chill major league one and two. 
Rustler's Rhapsody, the Sniper franchise, and plenty more. We got Stephen Lang, who's become really popular now. Uh, he was obviously starting out in Avatar, but he plays the character Jack in this. He looks really different in this movie than I remember him. Like a really young version of him, by the way. I did not recognize him at the first. The beanie like, guy. Yeah, I, I, I looked it up online because like, I saw his name in the credits. I'm like, I did not spot him. But like, I looked at, at him after watching it one time. Like, right. Oh, that is him. But he looks completely different. He's not as He's not as buffed up. That's why. Um, I know I know. I don't breathe in Badlands, uh, Stephen right. Lay. He was in Manhunter, Tombstone, The Monkey's Paw, The Men Who Stare at Goats even for a little while and a little bit in there, which wasn't a great movie, but he's in it. He was in Ex- like it. Exeter and VFW as one of the main characters. We also have AC Peterson, who's not a huge actor, but he's been in a lot of stuff that a lot of people recognize. He plays character Gilbert, who's like one of the workmen there. He uh, was a famous comedic sort of bad guy actor he was in narc shooter shanghai noon one of my favorite roles that he ever did was in the movie called run with patrick dempsey which is an absolutely fantastic movie if you get a chance to watch that you should patrick dempsey usually did those love comedies but this one's a thriller and he gets into a fight with this guy and kills him by accident and then it causes this whole chain of events you could just watch con air and you'll get the same fucking no plot. it's way better than con air whole fucking <laughs> shit i don't even know what movie you're talking about but it's not better it's called than con run air. you should look it up Fuck he was it. also in stay tuned he actually played the wrestling referee in stay tuned if you remember I, that movie i i do know that movie but i don't remember that part i remember him because they had uh them fighting like two big luchador dudes like gigantic ones and and it was pretty silly in a while yeah it's been a little while for me robert prosky's in this final person i'll mention he was mckenzie in this he's no longer with us he passed away i think in 2008 uh but he's just a comedic great actor that i grew up with in a lot of movies and tv shows like he was in death the smoochie the keep hill street blues he was in gremlins too as the dracula guy who had the tv show it, that I've seen the first one a billion times. It's been since second childhood one you since don't I've seen Gremlin. It's I haven't seen the second one since I was a kid. I think. Well, he was also in Last Action Hero. Oh, Ms. I love Last Action Hero. Yeah, Mrs. Doubtfire, Rudy. He'd been a lot of stuff, a lot of TV that's memorable too, a lot of big shows. Um, this is a movie that was made on a fifty-five million dollar budget, guys. So oh. you get a big cast, you get a big budget. Oh, you were talking Will Darnell from Christine. That's where I fucking know him from. Oh, but oh, oh, yeah. I, I, I got to cut you off before you go into the rest no, of it. No, no, you, yeah, left, yeah. you left off a very important actor. You oh, didn't talk about T-1000, Robert Patrick's oh. in this fucking movie. Like, I don't know I, how. Oh, I did miss him. Fuck. You, you said you, you said you got one last actor you want to talk about. And Robert Patrick, despite the fact that he's way the fuck down in the billing. That might be why I missed him. Probably yeah, I forgot the most, about that. He was probably the most prominent of the him and Jeffrey Wright were the two that stood out the most. Right. Uh, in, in this detox center. Yeah, it's true. He's right. And I'm glad you brought it up because I would have missed it. But yeah, he's definitely in the role in the movie and he does have a big part in it. I just totally there's just so many people to go through. (laughs) It's just hard not to fucking, you know, tell the entire cast, like even the guy who like picked up the buckets in the background. You know what I mean? This cast is fucking stacked. It is. It's huge. Even though most of them are in it for like maybe two seconds and they didn't leave an impression on me. So. Now, here's the oh, thing. We didn't I even talk about you. Sean Patrick Flannery from fucking Boondock Saints is in this fucking too. Oh, like, that's right. Yeah, he is. There's more. 
There's yeah, more. It, it's ridiculous. Like we could go like a half an hour on this podcast to just the fucking names in this. And everybody has like such a small role in it. It's so funny that they all got paid this large amount of money to do this movie. And it was a $55 million budget. You want to know how much it made at the box office? Just take a guess. I'm going to guess like uh, $10 million. I know it bombed. Under. Oh. 6.4. That's not good. But then again, I was terrible. I was alive at this time and I don't even this is I'm Sloan's my favorite actor and I did not know about this movie until I saw like floating around on Prime. This is one of those movies that I think that was like a a secret that they just didn't they were like, fuck, we wasted our money, we shouldn't have done this, and they just kind of limp dicked it out with the advertising, you know what I mean? They didn't really push it. It was probably put out for like contractual reasons. Like we made the movie. I'm not spending another million on this fucking piece of shit. You know, that's what they were thinking. And I thought that thought way wrong on that. I don't, I, I kind of liked a lot of what I saw in this movie. It's no, definitely yeah. like, it's definitely like sloppy. It, it came out in 2002, but it feels like a sloppy nineties one. And when you said it was, uh, he did, uh, the director did, uh, uh, queen music videos. I'm like, some of those flashbacks had like a music video vibe right. to them. So I'm like, that makes so much fucking sense to it. So well, it's, now it's I'm curious what you think, because it's got an 18% on rotten tomatoes and a 3.1 on IMDb. Oh, Rotten Tomatoes can fuck off. There's so many <laughs> movies that I don't agree with. The, I don't the know. Ratings. The older ones are a little closer than th- today's kind of scores. Like This is definitely dated. And like Stallone does what he does in a lot of movies where the writing doesn't start out great because they have a premise that they're trying to get to, but they don't know how to get the character there. Right. So like I noticed in, in the last uh, Rambo movie that he, he was kind of doing like his jovial uh, Rocky Balboa. And when and he's like a very likable person when he's like that he started this movie, he's very jovial when he's he's buying the engagement ring, which you know where that's gonna fucking lead to. <laughs> Not a marriage. And uh he, he has kind of like the Rocky Balboa vibes. When things kick in, Stallone's acting comes into a whole other like a level I've never seen him acting before. Yeah. I have never seen Stallone this vulnerable. Like he's broken in the first uh, Rambo movie at the end of it. But this was like a, this was a whole other kind of like he's fucking dead like it's darker yeah it, it, it's a whole other it's like a whole different spectrum of being broken rambo he's he's like a broken man that he still like he wants society to accept him but it's, it's not fucking happening for him right. this is a guy that has nothing left to live for right and, it's, and the level of acting that he's doing i i i, I it will defend stallone as an actor against anybody because they, they're seeing him as demolition man which is he knows that he's not doing good acting he's doing the acting that is required to make that movie fun as hell and right. this one, he's given it his all, and he looks, I, I believe him that he wants to drink himself to death. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I mean, I think he, there's some good acting of him in here for sure. This is his best acting I've ever I, seen. I don't know about that. We'll, we'll get in. I'll tell you my thoughts when you're done. <laughs> I'm not saying this is his greatest movie, but the, like his performance is really fucking solid. Sure. But uh, I, I still prefer him uh, in, in the last round where he's going to rip someone's heart out. <laughs> like that that's that's more fun for me that's that's more where i go and this one was like there there were sections of the movie where they were trying to do seven there were sections of the movie where it just became a straight up slasher and there were sections of this movie that was like stallone's here with was a little bit of muscle and have like a little bit of action sequence in it this is a, this is very much a schizophrenic movie it doesn't exactly Oof. know what it wants to be 
but I, I can kind of embrace that. Like I, I know like Americans and I'm saying this as an American, they need their movies to be straightforward in one fucking genre and like, not, not like glancing into like other territory. And I like how weird this fucking movie is. It, okay. It's all, Oh, I forgot to add is another, it's a fucking nineties music video too, with all his flashbacks. And he has very artistic flashbacks of him fucking his wife. So that's like, <laughs> and then it juxtaposing to her bleeding eyes. Well, that wasn't part of that wasn't I, I thought that was foreplay. Like it just happened to be like <laughs> the, the the killer Stallone also gets dude. really fucking rough, you know what I mean? It's fucking <laughs> They call him the driller killer. The Italian <laughs> driller killer. Hey, it was a boy before, you know. But uh I, I liked a lot of it. It's definitely dated. It's extremely dated. It, they they had to make Stallone feel like more of an everyman, so he's wearing the biggest fucking suits they can give him, so that he doesn't look like he's gonna flex out on somebody and make him look like he can. Somebody might have a chance at killing him in this in this movie, or he might kill himself. Like it, it's it's a very different Stallone performance than I'm used to. Okay, what would you give this a score out of a ten if you could on our scale? Oh, we're already going. We're already going into score. Well, I don't know where you're at. I thought you sounded you were sounded like you were done almost. Oh, I didn't know if you're gonna go back and forth on this. Uh, I usually I, let you say your piece and then you, I do my piece and then oh yeah, we can go into we spoilers. Mix it up. Yeah. Then we can go into I it's it's not a great movie. I'm not gonna say it's a great movie, but I definitely can't see myself rewatching this. Yeah. I think I'm gonna put it at like a six point five. Really? I, I wanna I wanna push it up a little bit higher, Ooh. but I because I did get some enjoyment out of this and it was it was cool seeing Stallone playing a different part, but there's so much of this is that's like kind of clunky but i i enjoy clunky so it's, it's it's like a mixture of sloan's best performance and so bad it's good that like it's a weird it's really hard for me to rank but yeah 6.5 i think is the best i can do what would you say it reminded you of in like the beginning well the beginning uh very much felt like they were going for a seven vibe like he could have yeah. put instead of drilling the eyes he could have just put her head into a fucking box and like the, the first <laughs> 20 minutes could have been seven right there <laughs> what's in the box all right, so this is this is my first time seeing it. I missed it just like you. So, you know, I was kind of excited to see this one, you know? Like, I was like, what the fuck? But after watching the trailer, I was like, okay, this might be like that Seven movie I fucking missed back in the day because I was balls deep in horror and I didn't want to be bothered with everything else. So I, I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. I think this is a good pick for, you know, Josh and Jesse coming on, although Jesse doesn't care enough. Um, but, you know... <laughs> fucking dick alex looks devastated every single I'm broken i'm a game. broken man i'm fucking stallone right now i can totally identify with this right now you were my loved one okay jesse i'm holding you and your eye bleeding from the eyes i don't know how it happened but it's happening um but uh it's essentially about a man who's a fed trying to track down a cop serial killer who puts police on display for other cops to see like in weird fucked up positions to taunt them. And when Stallone's character catches the attention of the killer, he gets entangled in it, threatening the life of his wife, which sends him spiraling down and giving up on sobriety, possibly his own sanity. So I think this movie is super fucking dark. <laughs> like when this movie starts off, me and Christina were really fucking hooked. It's got an amazing hook of the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie. I was like, yes, more of this, please. Like, I am all on board. And it then, was a little bit more highbrow for the first 15 minutes, I will admit. Right, but then it goes boom, right, instantly. And then you're seeing a scene with him that's just so personal. And, like, I've only seen one other movie that, like, I winced when I looked at that. It was at the Lords of uh, Chaos. 
You ever see that? Oh, the the, the black metal movie. Yes, I've read you know the book. I have, I've, I've 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 uh, read the book. I haven't actually seen. The movie. Oh, there's a scene in that movie that made me wince, dude. Like Where this kind of made me do. Bard killed the guy with like 27 stabs and, and no, self defense. That was nothing. That was nothing. I'm used to that. <laughs> but there's something that Stallone has in this movie and the character that he's playing that I think you're right. He did a really fantastic job. This is in an area where Stallone wasn't popping off in the theaters all the time. This was like him kind of reaching out there to do something a little bit more substantive than he normally did. Well, he and did I, have Drive come out around this time or Driven come out around driven. this time. And that was I actually kind of like that movie, but it's also kind of fucking stupid. I haven't seen it in a while, so I can't say for sure. It's terrible but fun to watch <laughs> i mean yeah he makes a lot of those kind of movies right like they're just entertaining absolutely. films absolutely but he does have this nuanced kind of approach to acting sometimes that you've seen in performances like when rocky when he came back and he was having a whole moment with his son and like it was that whole like heartfelt thing and i was like damn he's actually a good actor dude like what the fuck he's always been i'm just saying like for an action star a lot of people don't get credit being just an action star and i think he's a little bit more than that and in this performance he does a really good job but here's the caveat this movie takes a sharp turn and it takes it to a new location in an attempt to be different with like a seven meets the thing kind of thing with detox i did think the thing honestly and it really didn't work for me like at all (laughs) really i was kind of a little upset a little bit this is one of those movies i think is going to disappoint a lot of people after that snack treat on the end of the fucking beginning of the movie like just right there that's just so dark and you're like fuck there's gore there's bodies everywhere there's this fucking cop all mangled up and hanging from the ceiling and it's like it's like showing you everything and then the whole movie decides to go you know what we did that but we're not going to do that again we're just going to pretend like all the kills are just happening off screen we're gonna people are going to die left and right and it's not going to make any sense how anybody's fucking killing somebody this fast in the middle of a fucking snowstorm by the way in a huge bunker that has literal two paths to go yeah yeah but he he said on the phone call with his wife that he's going to see him but he's but Stallone's not going to see him. So right. like it makes sense. Like he he, he was watching in in uh, in the bar when Stallone shot his gun up into the ceiling in, in his Riggs. You really are a crazy See, moment. All of that great. All of that's great. When the, he gets the, there, not the killer good. the killer saw that. So he he performed a visit uh, in that, and then he replaced instead of replacing a grandparent, he replaced a junkie there. Well, and, don't say too much because this is spoiler free. Uh, well, you probably already you probably already figured yeah, that out i mean the they're playing the cat and mouse with i'm not gonna like, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say who it is but you were acting like the killer didn't make sense being there. oh i know it was the pretty killer obvious did make sense that you obviously knew that he was gonna be one of the patients and you gotta figure out you gotta agatha christie this shit and figure out who's there there's a scene the in killer. the beginning that they carrot you on the stick with to try to change your narrative in your mind to try to throw you off the smell but it's so apparent who the guy is from the start for me i knew exactly who it was gonna be because they're always pushing the characters that are the biggest dicks right at your face. They're like, come on, he's a dick. You don't like him. Come on, he's going to be the killer. Uh, yeah, they, they do do that. And like, uh, apparently on, on Wikipedia, I found out, because I always like to re- refresh my memory. They, they were saying like the, the body that he shot up was supposed to be the killer. So you're supposed to think that that's a, a, the killer's dead. And I didn't register that right. at all. I, I registered him as killing. Like, I mean, the movie would be cop. over. It wouldn't make any sense then, right? So yeah, you knew I, that there was something more. Well, I registered it as him killing a cop on accident. And then I'm like, oh, that's 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 <laughs> part of the reason why. just happened to be hanging he, there by yeah. himself. <laughs> 
But the movie, the movie didn't like convey that part of the narrative to me very well. Wikipedia got it for me a little bit better. Personally, so, but, though, like I know why they had like this huge cast because they want these these mini like really strong performances. But I think they overspent their budget by a lot, and they should have just kept it simple. Some of these fucking actors literally have two sentences of lines. Stephen Lang, for example. Barringer's barely in the movie, and he has more lines than any of the other guys who got paid probably close to the same amount that he got paid. It's like, what? I think Barringer did a little bit more than uh, most sure. of the people in that. So he, he had a little bit of action. He got, he got himself in the midst of the, where, it, where it kind of turned into a slasher movie. He was the girl damsel in distress for us for a little bit. Like, right. It, he, he did a little bit more. It was like, it was a waste of getting, well, I'm not going to say it's a waste of Sean Patrick Flannery because I don't fucking like the <laughs> He was the pretty boondock. brief in it though. I don't like the Boondock Saint movies. So like him getting, <laughs> him dying first, I was like, at first I'm like, I have to deal with this fucker. And then he was taken out like, good. But see, that's He's, the thing. When they kill people in this movie, it's so quick and brief and it has no tension, no buildup. You see a random person every now and then going in and out of these little fucking holes and shit. And they don't tell you, but they spend so much time. It's so important that you see this camera angle when they should have just spent uh, seeing a leg go inside of a fucking a duct and then cut it and then gone on to something more important. And then they, they, they literally follow this guy through this path and then he goes out this door and then he goes up a ladder and you're like, who is it? Who is it? That that's what you're supposed to be doing. You're like looking for the camera angles. Like he'll maybe he'll get in the light for like a couple seconds, and that you can get. I don't think you're watching this movie right. You're I, supposed you're supposed to be anticipating like his head's just like just barely in the shadows. Dude, I was rooting for this movie the whole time, hoping that it would change my mind, and it and, just. And, and the fact that so, and some of the deaths were before you even saw that camera angle with with that. So like Sean Patrick Flannery, you're supposed to think like he could have killed himself. But like, uh, of course, because of the kind of movie it is, you know, right. you didn't fucking kill. Him, yeah, so. not everybody's going to just start like randomly doing it. Like <laughs> I was like, it becomes very apparent that obviously not everybody's as maladjusted as they think. But for for the narrative, they needed it to be done like that. So I was OK with some of the kills being done in a lazy off screen way because uh, we needed to be where Stallone and the rest of the patients were at the time. I think it's just I think they were in such a. There's a lot of problems with this movie we'll get into in the trivia that I'll explain. And I think this has had a lot of an effect on it because it feels very tonally off. There's a lot of that going on. And like these characters have these moments, but they're just so flash in the pan kind of quick that I just never really got attached to anybody dying. Didn't care about anybody dying. I literally was just like, man, this is just so disappointing. Like I'm feeling disappointed right now. Like I'm not, I didn't hate it. I still enjoyed it. I'm going to make a comparison that people are probably going to get mad at me for. This felt like uh, me when I watched uh, My Bloody Valentine. All the gore and shit was cut out of uh, the original theatrical release, but I was still able to enjoy it because uh, I liked the characters so much. I could follow Stallone anywhere in this fucking movie. (laughs) See, you're biased, though. You've got got his dick on lockdown. Like, I can't. (laughs) <laughs> he, he's already sold me with his best acting ever. So like I'm there for Stallone's story. I don't care about the other people that are dying. Cause I enjoy slasher movies and just like people getting picked off left and right. I'm, I'm cool with that. I, I, I like random body counts and this isn't like, in a, this wasn't like some slasher movies where uh, they tease you a little bit and they cut away. It's, it's even more frustrating when they, they cut away just as somebody's about ready to get stabbed or something. That's the fucking worst. I at least want to hear somebody get stabbed. And sure. we do see like, 
We do we do get some violence out of snow later on. Some imagination see, lubricant is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and and like the drill kills that they like sell it uh, enough for me to get into it. And like it's it's not the best movie in the world, but it's definitely entertaining as a seven movie for a little while, as a little bit of a slasher later on. I I and and like you're I like I I did not guess who the killer was. I did. Uh, I knew because I, he said something to him early on. And I was like, okay, it's going to be the guy who's really nice to him at first. And then he says something weird later on. And then later on, he reveals himself. And I knew that it was going to be this way because it's so predictable. Like at the la- like the, the, the second half or no, excuse me, the second act all, and all the way to the third act was pretty fairly predictable to me. Like I felt like this movie could have done with a lot more tension in it. In fact, like they would have if they would have focused on the characters and maybe people walking out of the room every now and then and them all being suspicious of that. And then something happening where two of them go and then you have to choose between those two. But then something else happens somewhere else. They could have done that. And it, and it really just didn't play with that at all. It just kind of wanted to focus on, oh, you're never going to guess who this guy is. And we're just going to follow him around so you can't see his face. And it's like, well, I don't know. It just didn't. I don't know. It would have been infinitely better to have a lot of them hunted and not know who was who, in my opinion. Like, I really feel like they could have pulled that off if they would have focused on a little bit more, not made it as much of a mainstream budget and kind of gone for something a little bit more unique, a little more plate laid back because it's I, like, I thought there was two killers in this movie. Like that's how fast they were happening. I'm like, this motherfucker's like the flash, like running around fucking killing people in the middle of dead winter. Yeah. Everybody else, everybody else is moving slow, but he's motivated. So he's, he, he's like, when, when you get all that adrenaline going through you, you're not feeling the cold. You're feeling the need ah, for speed. Feeling the rush. Exactly. Snap into a slim gym. Exactly. <laughs> I'll admit, I don't feel. I didn't feel any tension throughout this entire movie. But I'm so forgiving of slashers. Like yeah. I, slashers are my comfort film or my are my comfort genre. And like I just, I just enjoyed what they were doing here. It would definitely. It had a little bit of a thing by with the cold. There was definitely some fucking ridiculousness with it. Uh, I, I mean, I definitely think it's 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 not a terrible watch, but it will disappoint a lot of people who are looking for like more of a serial killer thing and and more of of like a little more unique and than trying to be sevens the thing because like, I mean it, well, it just didn't do the thing very well and it was doing the thing only in not a thing sci fi horror situation just like a serial killer situation but I don't know well, I, I I might be just a little too particular on this because I love the beginning so much. And I was just like one after another. It was just like disappointment, 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 disappointment. And then I was like, they're not even showing the kills as much anymore. He's just running around. The end was kind of lame. Like it didn't even make any sense why he would just hang up his love for his wife at the very end. I'm not going to explain how like that pissed (laughs) me off. And I was like, this is just happening all too fast. It's like too many people had too many hands in the fucking drawer and they didn't know when to quit. So at best, I'm giving this an average score of five out of ten. See, the, some of those things that you listed are in the S big uh, category for me. Like, like him hanging up up the 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 ring or whatever at the end on the tree. I'm like, what the fuck does that relate to anything that fucking <laughs> I know, happened? What the fuck? His, his rehab is not over. He had a right? really bad weekend. I'm like, you think it's over, motherfucker? There's people that deal with this shit for twenty years of their life. After that, I'd probably need a fucking drink anyway. So right. like, he's in a worse situation than he was before. There's but a couple like, of things where he kind of like tries to be like a hero for this one girl in the movie, which is really annoying, too. And then there was another girl in the movie who you just don't see anymore. And they don't explain why. 
They don't even reunite you with the characters who are surviving. They just are like, whatever, it's over. Like, it's over, guys. Like, the hooray. And it's like, nope. I think I'm giving it a high score by giving it a five. Honestly, I feel like it's a four for a mainstream movie. And I just, it's it's because too many people tried to redraft, rewrite, try to change this movie over and over and over and over again for three years. And they fucked it up. It's not exactly a mainstream movie, though. It was a movie that was fucked around with and then released pretty much silently. So you got to judge it as a straight to D, even though it went a little bit in theaters, you got to judge it on straight to DVD or straight to stream. Uh, no, 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 stream no I agree around. with you. You got to judge it on in, straight to DVD quality. But a $55 million indie? I don't give a fuck. When there's that much, <laughs> when there's that much, uh, I'll uh, give a leeway to a, a million to 7 million, but not fucking 55 million. When, when there's that many hands on it, it doesn't fucking matter. When you, when you have a, when you have a seven style thriller that's done in 90 minutes, you know, there were con- some concessions that happened on this screenplay and, and what with, what happened in it uh huge disappointment it's on tubi for free if you want to watch it and be upset like i am have fun (laughs) have fun watch it with some popcorn go in it with some beers where you're a little buzz and like my my theory was so fucking stupid when i i rewatched it the second time because i always rewatch the movies a couple times so i Uh get like the facts in my head i was like it's gonna be chris christoph uh, christopherson and then i saw that his name was that his picture was in the fucking brochure that that uh that uh charles dutton yeah. like, oh i fucked up real fucking bad because <laughs> it, the the killer couldn't get that far ahead of him on it right so like i i drunk me completely missed that silver me was like oh that was bad well, now so that you guys with, know that you can with, start eliminating people like he's mentioning by the way well, well that that <laughs> That one should have been fucking obvious. It's like, not his I'm wife, gonna, by the I'm way. Gonna say, I'm going to say go into it fucking drunk so you miss stupid details like that. And you can get a bunch of red herrings on who it's going to be because uh, you're not focused. This is a drunk and this is a drunk movie. Watch it. Watch I, if it you miss things, you're going to miss people dying. Literally, it happens so fast. Watch like You could blink for three seconds and you'd be like two people are already dead. And you're like, wait, what happened to that guy? Like, that's what I think. And I'm like, wait a second. I kept asking Christina, like, wait, didn't what's this? Oh, yeah, he got hit in the head with the thing. And I was like, yeah, but I, I, I was writing notes, but I looked up and it was still, I don't know what's going yeah. on. Do a blink and then you can get surprised because the screenplay is <laughs> not doing that for you. You got to get surprised on it by like your incoherent thinking, watching this slightly incoherent movie. It's very fun when you watch it the way I watched it. All I got to say is the movie had me at hello and it lost me at goodbye. So I will say it's front loaded. The, the, the first 20 minutes of the movie are the best. Fantastic part. stuff. I, I still had, a, I still had fun. Like, honestly, right. I might lift it up to a six. And I'm going to take my 6.5 because you're being a dick about this. <laughs> and I'm going to bring it up into a 6.7. Oh, okay. So we're at an average of, uh, let's see, 6.2 we're not, or 6.15. This is a math podcast. Cause I don't give a <laughs> fuck about averages. So you know yeah. what I mean? It's slightly above average, guys, based on our our thoughts, essentially. I do have some trivia on this movie, and there is a lot, so I'm going to run through it as quick as I can. But if you don't want anything spoiled, we're going to also get into some of the scenes. Not too long, because we got another movie to talk about. But uh, if you don't want anything spoiled, you can watch this on Tubi right now for free with ads. I think there's like seven or eight ads in it, so it gives you a chance to digest how much shit has happened on the screen in five seconds. So... <laughs> But if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. 
All right, so some of the trivia on this movie. After the film was finished in 1999, Universal decided to screen it to a test audience, but all the screenings of the first cut were met with a negative reception from audiences. The film was then shelved for quite some time while they did a bunch of reshoots and story changes were being done. So they had to reshoot people in and break and cut the shit together a lot of times. That's why where it's getting this jumbled thing. Composer John Powell wrote two complete scores for the film for one job. <laughs> one of which was rejected with the film delayed and rele- relegated to a European release by Universal due to the studio's dissatisfaction with the film. Most of Powell's score was replaced with additional music by William Ross and Jeff Zanelli and Nick Glennie Smith as an attempt to make the film salvageable. Can you imagine imagine working on an hour and a half of fucking music, maybe even two hours, twice, trying to time it all together and it not even keeping barely any of the music in? Yeah, it's not not a fucking big deal. When they saw saw the finished project, they were like, I understand where this piece of art needed to go. I see where I fucked up. The fact that this art exists as it is now with the score replaced. (laughs) Art. I, I I will give up my weekend of making that hour and a half of music twice to see this finished piece. Of I mean, work. that hour and a half could have taken him literally like months. You know what I mean? Okay. Sorry. Two weekends. I'll give you two weekends. <laughs> I don't know, man. It takes a long time to put music together. Who are you going to trust? The guy that was in a band for two weeks that didn't go anywhere? Or you who actually produced fucking music? <laughs> Well, we went somewhere for five years. You're, I guess. you're you're too deep into it. I'm as an outsider. I have the outsider <laughs> perspective and know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I would say score writing is probably the hardest of all because you really have to get a feel for the video and the, what's on the screen and like time everything just so perfectly. It's it's really a math game at that point in time. That becomes hard in itself. I don't know. I've I've been pretty good at score writing. You just gotta keep track of which team scores at what time, and you <laughs> just right. put it onto the. That's right. The you put a little check mark next to it. It's as easy as that. No problem. <laughs> so there was a new ending that they actually filmed in the movie, which is on the DVD. Apparently, the main villain is killed in a different way. Even after reshoots and title changes, Universal did not care for the film, <laughs> and after test screenings for the new version, also got negative responses from audience. They shelved it again. DEJ Productions acquired domestic distribution rights from the Universal and released it over three years after it was originally finished with the limited release. That's why it only made six million, which is actually not bad, I guess, if you think on a limited release. Usually what happens with those limited releases, guys, is if it's popular, then they spread it to more theater like they did with Blair Witch, like they did with uh, Paranormal Activity. They do all these things. Apparently, in in an interview with Ain't It Cool News in December 2006, Sylvester Stallone was asked why the film did not get a wide release. And this is what he said. Well, very simple. What? No, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) I was going to be disappointed if you didn't do the voice. (laughs) It's it's very simple. I mean, why the detox landed in limbo? I can't do it, man. I can't do that. He said, a film is a very delicate creature. Any adverse publicity or internal shakeup can upset the perception of and studio confidence in a feature. For some unknown reason, the original producer pulled out right away. The film was considered damaged goods by the time we ended filming. There was trouble brewing on the set because of overages and creative concerns between the director and the studio. The studio let it sit on the shelf for many months after 
uh, over a year, it was decided to do a reshoot. We rescreened it. It decided to do a reshoot. We screened it. It tested okay. Ron Howard was involved with overseeing some of the post-production, but the movie had the smell of death about it. Actually, if you looked it up, you could see celluloid buzzards circling as we were laying, as, as we lay there dying on the distributor's floor. That's one Stallone of you, being the writer, just like perfectly articulating that's what That's pretty funny. Uh, those fucking goddamn fucking buzzards circling around. Adrian! <laughs> one amusing note, it was funny. When we were met at the airport by the Teamsters, they'd have a sign in front of them saying detox. And all these actors like Chris Christopherson, Tom Berenger, and myself looked like we were going into rehab after that, after then a film shoot. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if you want to get to pick up the DVD, it actually has the, 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 and the deleted scenes. I think there's eight and then it has the ending. I haven't seen that because we got to see it digitally. I think everybody that's listening to this knows that they got to buy the fucking DVD or Blu-ray or whatever (laughs) is the latest edition for this. I hope there's a special edition coming out soon. It it deserves it. Okay. All right. That's what Josh thinks. (laughs) So uh, Sylvester Stallone apparently was working on another movie that was kind of like a horror title called Fatalists or Fatalists. Yeah. I've never seen that. It's it's written by. (laughs) Did you try to call it? Fatalist? Fatal. I can't. Yeah, I can't see Stallone doing anything with the word "fat" in the title. <laughs> oh, I love this movie. It's fucking fatalist or something, isn't it? <laughs> Apparently, it was a novelist, Jeff Rovin, in 1998, and sold to Universal for a million dollars. The script was a film about a huge pack of saber-toothed tigers who come back to life after El Nino hurricane awakens them from the frozen inside some ancient sinkhole for years. They start attacking any humans that run into the into while moving down the mountains and through the woods into grandmother's house. No. <laughs> and eventually attack Los Angeles is what it says. So this, I mean, sounds, this sounds fucking amazing. I mean, Holy it might be shit. good. Yeah. Oh, I wish that had happened. I don't know. Is it, I don't know. I don't, did it happen? Because I didn't really follow his career around this time. So well, I, I came across the same trivia about that. I didn't read the synopsis of the movie, right. but it, it was something that fell through. There was, um, in the trailer, by the way, there was a spoiler in the in the trailer when they released this movie, which was the actual killer's voice, which if you heard at the beginning, Christina was like, oh, that's like Saul. Like he's like talking to him like, Saul, let's play a game, you know, like that kind of thing. Oh, like like Jigsaw. It sounds yeah. like you're saying like Saul. Well, like, it just means like, like Saul, Saul the like, movie. I heard like Saul Goodman is yeah. what I was hearing. <laughs> Saul Goodman. Uh, but yeah, they, they actually let him play his voice without the the filter on it that he uses in the movie. So you could tell who the killer was just by watching the trailer if you were keen enough. I didn't watch the trailer. I tried to go into these things blind when I can. Uh, so you want to know who else was supposed to be in the movie as the leading role? There was a lot of the leading men of the time. Arnold? The big ones. No, no, surprisingly. Arnold was kind of on the way out then. Too, wasn't Two, he? No, no. 2003 was uh, Terminator 3: Rise of the Machines, so he still had a he couple just had years. Other left. other movies, more bigger movies. He like he was, he was busy with End of Days around 1999. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, so Bruce Willis, Mel Gibson, John Travolta, and of course your favorite Nicolas Cage. Fuck yeah, he would have, he would have <laughs> done such a good job in this. I think he could have done pretty good in this. It might have, oh. it could have broken it or or made it better. Who knows? No, leaving Las Vegas, he knows how to play a drunk. Honestly, he was as much as I'm a, a Sloan fan. Nicholas Cage would have been better in this role. 
Well, and and I, I'm sure it would have been an appealing movie for him because he loves family dramas and crime dramas and things like that. So that apparently is one of his favorite things. Family dramas. I did no, I did like Family Man, so that makes sense a little bit. <laughs> and I also love the Family Man and uh uh Color Out of Space. <laughs> they really go through a lot of changes in that movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, but the family does come together. At least the 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 mother is really close with her kid. Right. <laughs> so uh, I just want to talk about the beginning here, right off the bat, because man, the pacing of this—you know—you got him in the bar. It's very, you know, feels like a. It flowed well. Like all the characters, yeah. all the actors were doing a really great job. Those kind of scenes where there's like that many people in a room is not an easy fucking thing to do. And they were all snapping off like it was perfect. It was. It felt like perfectly acted. It didn't feel like a lower budget movie it didn't feel too overdone like they do in the fucking mainstream movies like too jovial you know what i mean and they cut into the like real heart of it real quick well stallone started out kind of jovial and then like it, it like in the bar scene everybody started out on good terms and they started bringing up the killer that was killing all the cops and then it did turn a little bit in right. its tone but it, like not in a bad way it did like the first 15 minutes, I can't say anything felt forced. It was like the screenplay was dead on with where it needed to be. Yeah, it was the perfect with- setup. It, it like yeah. added everything you needed to know about there being a killer out there. He was killing cops. There was a lot of cops that are upset about it. He was not even he was frowned upon because he's a fed on the case that hasn't solved it yet. And he's a cop like he used to be. And they all love him, except they don't sort of, you know, because he's a fed now. Well, one of them, one of them was like holding the grudge against. Right. It's like, it's like if, if one of your friends that was on the same level as you got promoted above you and you're going to have a little bit of a resentment for it. But for the most part, I think everybody liked him except for the guy that's going to end. Are we in spoilers? Oh yeah, we're in spoilers. So you can say whatever. Except for the guy that ended up fucking dying in the next scene was the that's one that the was guy. That's the, the asshole. Shit. Yeah, he was the only one that, that, that couldn't like some people know how to give their friends like a pat on the back when good things happen to them. This guy was getting angry about shit that wasn't Stallone's fucking fault. And you know what I thought they were going to do? The typical trope, which is, oh, that guy spoke up to fucking him. Maybe he's the killer. And he killed the guy because he was mouthing off at him at the bar and played nice guy. But no, actually, Stallone gets really fucking pissed off at his boss for letting him dangle there like a fucking Christmas tree ornament with an apple in his mouth. <laughs> it looked like a pig roast with a fucking it, it was the fucking baton. Yeah. In and his mouth, all the way through it down into his stomach. What was weird is the killer didn't put that there. He just happened to have that in his mouth when he looked out the people. Did he? Because I thought he hit him in the face. I, I'm being him. fucking. Sar- I'm being really fucking sarcastic. <laughs> I was. I was trying to make it sound like he was deep throat in the police baton wall when he looked out the door. They were hanging out. They were getting along, and then things just turned sour. I guess. <laughs> Someone forgot the safe word or they couldn't say it because it was too far down their throat. It did kind of seem like he was hanging from a sex swing or something, <laughs> but uh, uh, the, the kill, like you get the impression there was an eye. You don't get any really go- real gore when it goes in through the guy's eye and the people, Dude. but I still liked it. Explain it, was, it so that they know what you're talking about. Well, the, the, there's a knocker ring at the door. I can't remember right now, but he goes and looks through the people and they, the killer just has the drill fucking ready to go through his fucking eye. But it, it's filmed like from behind his head. So like you see that the drill starting to come and then you never actually see it go into the eye. You see it enough to like sell you on what's going to happen. They had it's, a shot inside the eye hole. There was like a brief like snap of like glass breaking and the drill coming in. 
But it's still, it, you never actually see penetrative, or if it's penetrative, it's really fucking fast. It's fast, yeah. So, like, it's 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 more of enough to sell you on the action and let your imagination take the rest away. It, it, I thought not, that was it, a new, unique little touch, though. I thought it was cool. I'm okay with it when they do it right. Like, sometimes they'll cut away to a new scene. They kept in the scene, they just went from the behind angle when it happened. So, right. like, my, my biggest pet peeve is when you see, like, an axe or something's about ready to go down on the victim, and then they cut away to a new scene. Like, that's fucking sucks you don't get to feel the impact of the kill you still got the impact of the kill you just didn't get a whole lot of gore with the way they did right yeah it's kind of snapped together pretty quick then he gets pieced in the back of the head and then they didn't even show him wrapping him up like a fucking christmas tree ornament uh which was pretty cool like i mean the gore in that looked really fucking amazing i was like yes this is the kind of shit we need to see most of the gore was like after the fact you didn't get to see like action gore but i'm okay with some after the fact gore well and then while Stallone is at the fucking place where the guy gets killed. He's yelling with his boss, Hendricks, saying, you cut him down, you motherfucker. Isn't it? There's enough evidence. There's never any evidence. You don't need to fucking look for it. It's none here. Blah, blah, blah. And then the phone rings and it's like, it's for you. And it's like, oh, shit. Why is he getting called at the murder scene? And then it's like, let's play a game. And the fucking guy's like talking on the thing. He's like, hey, telling the story. And then he tells him that he's at his house. And then he's a, it's fucking pretty cool. I was like, holy shit. This is the one area of suspense. The time. You still fucking knew she was going to die. Like opening well, I was scene when she wouldn't. I didn't when, know. The opening scene when, when he's buying the engagement ring. It's it's like the yeah, cops that are kinda... like one week, one week till retirement. Yeah. And then I'm going to go on vacation. Me and my wife are going to have the greatest life. It's kind of like that. If you're <laughs> buying an engagement ring and it's a horror movie. And it's like the very first scene. That woman's not getting that that ring on her finger. Yeah. She's fucking dying. I love and that so little like, part where he said too when he buys the ring and he's like, "Oh, uh, that's a hell of a price. You're gonna throw in a fucking cob with it? Uh, a house that, mortgage or something?" That's what I was talking about. Where he's kind of going Rocky Balboa charming with, with yeah. the opening sequence. Dude, I but, swear <laughs> to God, he looks so young in this. I have not seen him so young in a while. I haven't watched a lot of his movies for a while. So I've been stuck on the horror train, you know, like, and unlike you, who have seen quite a few, but there is a moment where he walks through the front door when he gets the ring for his wife, that he has these like glistening eyes that it reminded me of young Robert Downey Jr. That's how young fucking Stallone looked. I was like, oh, Jesus. I thought you when you were talking about his glistening eyes, I thought you were going to say it remind you of your first love. But, <laughs> it reminded me of my f- about 75th time I snapped one out. <laughs> Honestly, I when I'd seen this on uh, on Amazon Prime, I thought it was one of his older movies because he he doesn't look like the monster that he looks like now. This is honestly, well, I think the fourth Rambo is the most out of shape he's been, but this is like the the most like regularish looking uh, Stallone that I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, he still he still could fucking kick my ass. Oh fuck but, yeah! But like, like, there's no doubt he doesn't. You don't look at him and think. He's been taking a lot of steroids. He, he's looking as much like a normal guy as he can fucking look. I feel the same way about Seagal in the next movie, you know? Oh, Stallone get, or Seagal gets fucking worse. Yeah, I but, mean, he looks like it's going to be a little, it's going to be a little rough getting up off the couch there for a little bit like I do, you know? But well, I wouldn't want to fuck with him. <laughs> Seagal doesn't stand up for a lot of his action movies anymore. So, like, he, he's not getting off the couch. Can we talk about the scene? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So the the thing that he did in the movie that was like really intense and he really put his, he put his uh, heart into the scene because he takes a knife out and just fucking cuts his wrist right there. And it looks and feels like a very 
dark moment in the movie. And it's like, most movies don't show that. They like turn on the faucet, put on the candles. All of a sudden you see the pool, like the water fill up with red, you know, but no, this was straight up. Hey, whip, whip. And I was like, Jesus, he's unaliving himself right now. And then somehow he miraculously lives through that, which kind of blows my mind, well, honestly. Well, he, 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 he did across the street, not down the road. So like when he slid his <laughs> wrist, like he knew that he was going to be okay. We don't need to tell people, Josh, how this to was, do it. This was, this was him just like in his, uh, listening to dashboard confessionals phase right now. <laughs> like I'm sure that was originally in the soundtrack, but they fall they out wasted, boy or something. Yeah. Sorry. I'm trying to think of emo bands. I never listened I, to. Yeah, emo. I know. <laughs> but, uh, it was, it, it all sold me though. Like Jimmy, I, I'll, I'll say i'll say i'll, I'll say this uh th- that scene you, you put it as his darkest scene i thought it was a little goofy I, really I, I don't know man yeah, it like, always freaks me out that was like a it was too much for me i was like Oof. i i thought like i'm not saying that grown man can't can't have those kinds of problems but you look at stallone and i just don't i don't see him being the cut the wrist kind of guy if he was suicidal i saw him as like the blow his fucking brains well, out kind of guy you're using a lot of baggage that he isn't so his character isn't associated with here so you can't even that's i, I don't know it's, it's just i'm saying just directly on the character like his just, his because he set him up for so much fucking pain dude like everything I, he said I, he, oh you're the most amazing beautiful thing in my life i've never fucking touched an angel before you know <laughs> he, he he's he's definitely feeling the pain but this is this is the one scene the one the one scene that i'm gonna have a little bit of grave with because it didn't seem it didn't seem authentic it oh, felt the like gun scene. it no 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 the gun scene was great i love that the, the slash in the wrist scene didn't feel authentic to me it felt like they they, they felt like this is what sad people do in, on their live <laughs> journals so like let's have let's have stallone do it oh, i'm not trying i'm not trying i'm not trying to knock anybody that's ever done that because i understand it's like a real problem that no, no, no 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 i'm just, just saying it's just, I just a weird I, I just don't see i didn't see it from stallone's character like, i immediately like, sit in my like mind che- and think like about all the scenes i've seen that in movies and i'm like hmm this one's kind of dull uh <laughs> just the process of that just seems so wrong and against my better nature you know what i mean <laughs> For me, the the bar scene was fucking great when uh when his partner he he decides that he wants to be his Murtaugh to Stallone's rig and okay. he gives him the gun to to prove he's like go ahead and shoot yourself up. He's trying to so call you're going bluff. for a crazy pension plan. And then Stallone, instead of putting it in his mouth, because Stallone doesn't overeat, he wants to stay in shape, so he's not going to eat the barrel of a gun. So he ends up taking it in front of him, and he like fucking shoots the ceiling. And you know that I, I there has to be an outtake where where his partner goes, "You really are crazy." But uh, it was it was very much a, a lethal weapon moment. You see that he's crazy. You see that he's drinking himself to death. This is where Nicolas Cage would have really excelled. Oh but, yeah, uh, he probably would have fired like three shots. Yeah, I still think Stallone looked broken. This this is depression I could buy from Stallone. I couldn't buy the, the cutting the wrists at all. Yeah, I, I, I do like that scene, though, the gun scene, because I like when he hands him the gun and he's not really expecting him to take it. And then when he takes it, they they pan the camera back to Hendrix. And it's like he's like, oh, shit. Like you can tell on his face that he, he's like, oh, fuck, I probably shouldn't. <laughs> I probably should have said or done that right there. <laughs> and then he shoots and he's like, oh, hey, everybody, calm down. It's OK. It just it was a, a big. His trigger, his finger, it was an accident. I'm sorry. Like, okay. <laughs> and he goes running out yelling, you know. Um, and then after that, they're off to rehab, which rehab in like a cold, Wyoming is where it was. I couldn't remember that. I'm not, I'm not I, I don't usually pay attention to those tile cards where they tell where people are. I'm like, I don't 
fucking care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I, I hear reviewers always go like, this doesn't look like Los Angeles. I'm like, I live in Los Angeles and I don't give a fuck. But uh, this is Wyoming, I guess, which I have no cultural reference for because I've never been to Wyoming. But uh, it's going into the fucking Arctic in a place that's fucking isolated in right. the snow for your rehab with people that are occasionally they show like they they can uh have the shakes or they like they can die if they're uh if if they're detoxing too fast or something and you're in a, the most isolated area this is the worst fucking place for a rehab center ever right. like chris Christopher, he he's a fucking dumbass for saying this up out there he's like okay if a couple people die it's no skin off my back <laughs> They already put <laughs> down you their crack deposit. a few eggs, you know, sometimes you get to crack a few eggs just to make an omelet. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, he, he's, he's a great actor. I'm a fan of him, but uh, his character's a dumbass. And he put up this rehab situation mm-hmm. in the worst possible area. I didn't like any of the characters, really. Honestly, I, I the only one I did like is Patrick. Uh, Patrick. Uh, Robert, Robert, Ro- Patrick. Robert Patrick. Yeah, he wasn't being goofy. He was being a legit prick. And there was a scene in the movie where Stallone has been tolerating him talking shit about his dead wife. And he goes, yeah, well, she was fucking hanging from the fucking ceiling in front of me, blah, blah, blah. And if you fucking mention her name again, I'll fucking kill you. And he's just like, oh, shit, my bad, dude. (laughs) Well, honestly, Robert Patrick kept pushing him and I kept waiting for Stallone to like fucking deck him. And he never did. That was where I was a little bit disappointed. I didn't know that they were trying to break him and he didn't want to be that guy. I, I did like that eventually it came around on Robert Patrick when he's fi- he, like, he's playing like the badass that can't like, uh, that doesn't like give a shit. I think it feels like he's very much put on there by court orders or whatever. Right. Yeah. They don't really go into his backstory, but like the way that he's acting, he's not there voluntarily. I kept and, expecting them to team up. Like I was like, Oh, they're going to have their little spout, but then they're going to be like best friends and fight the killer together. I like those kinds of din- dynamics when they happen. Like the people right. that hate each other become best friends. Cause that's like I real love- life, man. Like, you know, well, you, you have a, you have a spouse, you don't get along and then you respect each other. Well, I also love buddy cop films and they're basically built, built upon that premise, but this did not go into the buddy cop film realm. He ends up like the killer, the killer's about ready to kill him. And like Robert Patrick suddenly off big fucking wuss and like, Oh, he's not such a tough guy. When somebody's going to kill him, he becomes a fucking pansy. Like, dude, I know, like I know a big that time. I- and he goes, wussy, wussy. He starts he's like, crying. I didn't know T one thousand could fucking cry, but like <laughs> I, I, I know I knew the T eight hundred could. Well, he understood why they could, but T one thousand could fucking bring the tears. Apparently, <laughs> he couldn't find the boy. Have you seen this boy? <laughs> but like I, I liked it. It was, it was like a good like yeah. Fuck you. You've been an asshole the entire time. You could. It's never really white put out there whether or not sean patrick flannery killed himself because he was being a dick like somebody could have committed suicide and a killer could have been there at the same time right and so so robert patrick could have been the result of sean patrick flannery killing himself or maybe he was just ashamed of boondock saints coming out it was one of those two things or one of those three things that caused him to kill himself see when i knew that the killer was slater it was because he kept trying to get stallone's attention the whole time he would say something small and it'd be like, okay, let's move on to the next character. And then he'd be like, uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Look, and then look. I was like, okay, you're the fucking killer. Because then he says that fucked up thing to him too. He's like, you know, man, it's just, uh, you know, I think sometime you're going to realize Jake that some of the worst things that happen to us are the be- biggest, most valuable lessons of our lives. And I was like, okay, that's not something you would say to a stranger necessarily. Uh, 
<laughs> when I watched it the second time, I'm like, okay, that was a little fucking obvious. Yeah, that if, was if big if, time obvious. If, if you're paying attention to the newspaper, you know that Chris Cross whistler isn't the fucking killer then then it's really fucking obvious well, especially I, my, when they focus the camera on stallone's face for five fucking minutes after that and he does nothing <laughs> my, my head was in the other direction again i recommend watching this movie a little, with a little bit of a buzz because it, it makes like you get a little bit more you get surprised a lot more easy i just don't think that the guy slater who played the killer was a really i mean he has his moments as a killer but he was really kind of not that great and he becomes like this superhuman overpowered strength guy out of nowhere. And he's like the weakest dude in the whole fucking bunch. Well, that's when they're going with the slasher killer rules. Like, if, right. And I well, don't know. They were like, doing the fucking predators thing, which pissed me off too. With the fucking guy from that 70s show where the, he's like, all of a sudden I feel like killing. I want to be a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't give a shit about any of that crap. Like uh. I'm okay. The killer always is superhuman strength in a slasher movie, even when it this doesn't make sense. This is not a sense. slasher, though. No, th- there are parts of this that are very much slasher. In the beginning, yeah, no, no, I would agree. No, no, the beginning was seven. Seven's not a slasher. But when they get into the snow and they're killing people off one by one, it is very much a slasher movie. So you got you to change the rules as it's going along. So that's how I was able to be okay with this. Like, I was okay with the seven thing. I'm like, oh, it's a slasher now. I, I'm a, I'm gonna dumb my I'm gonna dumb down my expectations and enjoy what's going on I on the level man. that it's presenting itself. He starts fucking you know trying to like treat that doctor lady who's been there for him. Like he's like maybe you could just uh, stay around for a while. <laughs> and I'm like, what's he falling in love with her now? And then at the end of the movie, they're they're really kind of pushing that button. By the way, at the end of the movie, the girl and Hendrix and him get away. And the girl's walking away and he looks at her and then he takes off his fucking wife's ring that he's wearing around his neck and hangs it up on a tree. We're talking three, four or five months before this, his wife fucking got murdered and he's already hanging up the fucking the twenty fifty thousand dollar ring that he bought. I don't know. You got to move on. Like, ah! that's fine. Like, hey, what, she was what fucking is- dumb anyway. You know, fuck her. You know, <laughs> I-, I think. Like they weren't married. Like what he probably went out with her. Like you saw how how fast he got attached to that girl. They were probably going out. They were probably going out for like two months. He's like, it's time for me fucking propose to this girl. And then then, the funny thing is, there's a fan theory that he was actually the killer the whole time. Is there really that? No, no. I'm just fucking around. I'm I'm like, who's dumb enough to put that? They showed who the fucking killer was. And that would make sense why he could just emotionally detach from his fucking dead wife or his future wife. Yeah, I, I, like all these things, like I, I changed my expectations as the movie changed what it was, and it was it was how I got through it, and I I enjoyed this whole thing. There's just, there's like I, I I again I'll say it's front loaded. The best kill was before he ever came to the detox thing. I didn't I didn't watch the trailer or read the synopsis, so I didn't even know it was going into detox when I when I fucking watched it. Like this is a weird uh, direction that this movie is going. <laughs> I thought it was going to go seven the entire time instead. Of, I it really did in, too. And that's what disappointed in, me. Eh, I kind of liked the, I wanted it, a bleak movie and it gave me this puff. This I, li- I like the puff. So <laughs> it's, it's, Can it's we got to mention how he died. So Slater is like, I forget they get into a fight or whatever. And he's like a knife fight and fucking he jams a knife through fucking uh, Stallone's left arm. And <laughs> Stallone just starts oh, arm barring him up against the wall. And I then, was waiting for him oh. to stab him with the knife through his fucking right. arm. Right. That's what I was thinking. Then he that picks was- him up 
slams him on the spikes. Like, well, he pushes him against the spikes first. And there's like five spikes in his chest. And the guy's like, your wife screamed your name when I killed her. <laughs> he, he's still talking shit. I fucking loved it. So Stallone, this guy's already going to fucking die. Stallone lifts him up over, over his, his head. head and throws him down on the spikes again. Yeah. It's, it's like if Liu Kang at the end of Mortal Kombat said it wasn't enough for Shang Tsung and fucking lifted him up and dropped him again on the fucking spikes. It's so, he double killed this guy. Yeah, that was kind of brutal, but I don't know. I, I just it didn't feel right. Something just it, about that whole thing. It felt good to me. <laughs> it was like, and, and this is his this is the this is the worst line I've ever fucking heard almost in a fucking Stallone movie, by the way. You know, the kill line, the one that you expect to be really decent or funny or something, and he says, You see this because I see you. Well, Douche. The, no, it was a great line because the killer had always said, "You'll see, I'll see you, but you won't see me." He, he turned it around on him. It, it was it was karma so, coming. Oh that my was so God. underplayed throughout the whole movie. It didn't have any impact at the end. It did have impact because the reason why he knew to come to the fucking rehab place is because he had his eyes on him. He was seeing what was going on with him, <laughs> and he knew to go to the fucking rehab place. It was. I love that line. Are you kidding like me? They got the t- they. It, pulled in the fucking title to the climax of the movie it was fucking fantastic and stallone the phenomenal i would rather just be like detox bitch no (laughs) the only thing that would have made it better is while he was lifting it up he grabs onto his eyeball and then he throws him onto the spikes again and then he's like i see you and then he smashes his fucking eyeball that's what i'm talking about like he goes you see me, I see you, and he pushes the spikes through his fucking eyes. That would have been yeah, great. Something with his eyeballs would have yeah, been. Yeah, that would have been better. But other than that, it's like, so it's like that's like a ninety nine percent great fucking line, and just like that little one <laughs> percent nitpick right there. Well, we do have another movie, and I would love to hear what you guys thought of this movie. I know we kind of went into depth about it. I'm have to trim some of that up, by the way. I understand. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we try to do a little bit about that one because that's the one that kind of surprised me a little bit um the next one is going to be an interesting one to talk about i have a feeling josh didn't like this one like many other people but we'll see this next one is against the dark from 2009 katana master tau leads a special op squad of ex-military vigilantes on a massacre mission their target vampires on a post-apocalyptic globe Tao is the survivor's only hope, and he knows the only cure is execution. <laughs> I, I, I it's like pretty well written, actually. I like the synopsis, and I like the emphasis that you gave on Tao, despite the fact that uh, I think your synopsis had more Tao than the entire movie yeah. fucking did. Holy fucking shit. I was like a half an hour into this. And it's like Seagal was in the opening sequence with the dumbest fucking line ever. Oh, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. We're going to talk about it. Okay. I'll go into it later. But uh, Seagal's not in this movie a lot. No. <laughs> he, he's the biggest person on the cover. I kind of but- figured you would figure with this type of movie, especially with a tagline of he lives by the sword. They will die by it. Yeah, but he has, he has like the the choreography that he's doing this is just like slash down slash down he had about the skill of alec guinness in uh star wars new hope very casual it's it's very much 
Any any fat guy with a dad bod could have done the same <laughs> choreography that it's he did in this movie. It's like the, I, it's I, like the fucking saber, the lightsaber kid. <laughs> no, no, that the, kid had more style than he the, did. The lightsaber kid put in more emphasis. He didn't even put any emphasis in his fucking lines, and he's barely in this. <laughs> I, I read his stunt double did more of the movie than he did. Yeah, I so, heard about that too. Yeah. And you see a lot of fucking shadows on his face whenever anything flexible happens. I wasn't and, really paying that close of attention during <laughs> this movie, to be honest with you. It was it was a rough shit. I didn't even know who. I've never seen any of the Richard uh, Crudo, who's the director of this movie. I've never seen any of his other work. Uh, he has actually worked on a lot of big movies. We're talking big budget movies. Really? Like as as a cameraman in an electric department. So he's probably like a grip slash, you know, everything kind of guy. He's also done cinematography, too, which this movie doesn't really have that strong a suit on that, by the way. This was his first there were feature cameras film. and hands. Yeah, there was a lot of handhelds and a lot of like shots. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing with this camera right now? Like, I'll get into that in a little bit. But this is his first feature film to direct. And he worked on dirty people other than that. Uh, this is writer Matthew Klickstein, also his first feature film screenplay. Anyway, he worked on a documentary called On Your Mark and working on an unannounced or an announced film called The Messengers Karakorum. Karakorum? Yes. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Some of the stars are Steven Seagal. I'm just kidding. Steven Seagal, who plays Tal. You know his movies. We've talked about him enough. You also have Tanoi Reed, who is an underground kind of guy that you don't really get to hear about too much, but he's in all of the big movies because he is Dwayne The Rock Johnson's stunt double. So he has done literally every single one of his movies. Oh, yeah. And he, he definitely has the physicality to be doubling for The Rock. Oh, 100%. He's probably one of the best things about this movie. He is the best thing about this movie. <laughs> So I, you know, I give him props for being in here. It wasn't the greatest acting, but he does a lot of stuff for Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He's done some other stuff in like Doom, Constantine, The Stepford Wives, Priest, and a couple other big movies too. So it's nice to see that he gets a role that he can actually act in a little bit. So we have Jenna Harrison, who plays Dorothy. She was in Heroes and Villains, The Magic Hour, and The Magnificent Eleven. Danny Midwinter, who does Morgan, who does Human Traffic, The Last Minute. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Family TV series. Emma Catherwood, who plays Amelia, who was in Holby TV series, The Reeds, Dummy and Senseless. Stephen Hagen, who plays Ricky the Pothead, his second feature that he's done. He's uh, in the Injustice TV series and the Lucky Man TV series. We have Daniel Percival, who plays Dylan. He's a British actor. He's done Sherlock Holmes, the one with uh, Cumberbatch in it. I like that show. Yeah, he was also in Van Wilder 2, which I never saw. I did. It was not good. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vital Signs and more. No, this isn't the rise of Taj. He was in the Van Wilder 2, which was after that. Oh, because I was talking rise of Taj. Uh, you're talking straight to v video Van Wilder. Yeah, Van Wilder 2. Yeah, it was like one that came after the rise of Taj. Th that one was bad but it wasn't i can't imagine this that one was probably worse there were beautiful women in that one at least <laughs> uh we have sky bennett who's actually also in this movie she plays the little girl named charlie or charlotte she was in suspicion tv she's actually done a ton of voice acting actually like super smash brothers ultimate xenoblade chronicles 2 lego marvel superheroes 2 plus the doctor's tv series and last but not least we got keith david 
who plays Lieutenant Waters. He was in, obviously, They Live, The Thing, Armageddon, Tales from the Hood 2. I uh, A lot of people don't know this, but he was also the voice of Arbiter in Halo series, the Halo franchise. Goliath and Gargoyles. You got it. And Spawn. Oh, he yeah, did yeah. spawn too. So he was also in Pitch Black as the the religious guy. The, yeah, the Puppet Masters, the Quick and the Dead, Dead Presidents. He's been working on films his whole fucking life. He's got eight I, or nine projects ahead of him right now, and he's kind of having an uprise again in his he's, career. He's the ass to ass guy in Requiem for a Dream. Yes, he is <laughs> throwing money down, dude. You you said last but not least, but I got to get another one in there. I kind of uh, right. mentioned him, Lyndon Ashby. Who plays Cross is fucking Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat. Oh, so you that's can't right. Fucking, yeah, you can't fucking look him over because he's somebody that I feel like should have been a big fucking star because I could think have fucking, been. Yeah, he, he's fucking amazing in Mortal Kombat, and then he just fucking disappears. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't recognize him, but you just I, I, watched the movies so not too long ago. Well, I watched it and like the, while I was watching, I'm like trying to figure out who the fuck this guy is because I I fucking know him. He's definitely aged like 30 fucking years since Mortal Kombat. And, uh, but, uh, he was the guy that was in the lieutenant with the lieutenant, right? Yeah. He, he was with, uh, uh, he was the guy that was like, there's still civilians out there. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. Him and Keith David's, uh, plot line, I think, was just tacked on because, uh, the movie ran a little short because their plot line doesn't connect to the rest of the movie at all. They're like, this movie's only, uh, 16 minutes we need a half an hour or more applaud in here so they had like <laughs> something came in there that doesn't really affect anything else well this movie believe it or not was made on seven million dollars and they made it stretch because it was shot in bucharest romania which is a really good place if you want to save some money by the way good to know there's some good uh workers out there too a lot of a lot of good workers and i've heard that it's a good place to spread out your money so you got a mix of british uh, you know, Romanian and like American actors that are in here. I think a lot of it was shot, you know, like the, the lieutenant stuff, the like military stuff was shot in the United States while the other stuff was shot entirely in Bucharest. In fact, I don't even know how much Steven Seagal is in the movie with the other actors at times, because there's moments in this, in the, where they just cut to back and forth of them, like talking to air. Yeah. I, 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 I read and I, I, it was only on IMDb, so it could, it could be fucking wrong. But I, I'm very inclined to feel like it's right from what I've watched. That uh, he was only in 24 minutes of this movie, and his, his uh, double did way more of the movie than he did. Crazy thing about this, too. There is not one single professional reviewer on Rotten Tomatoes who's watched this. I am not shocked. <laughs> There's 11%. It's got 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. Over a thousand, like just regular people who have scored it. I'm going to tell you my thoughts first because you went first last time. Go for it. That's how we usually do it. So, um, whoo, boy. I'm going to tell you right now, you were going to dodge a bullet with this one, guys. It's not the worst movie I've ever seen, but it's pretty bad. It's bad on, on so many levels because of the expectation levels. Not because we were expecting fucking Steven Seagal to be a fucking like he was in the 80s, okay? Because you're not going to get it. You're not going to get him in the 80s, not the 90s, and clearly not in the 2000s. So, <laughs> but if you held a gun to my head, and Josh and Josh is pretty much putting the gun to my head when I didn't want to watch this movie because I knew it was going to be terrible. 
<laughs> but, you know, that's what we do here. We watch shit movies so we can talk about it, have fun about it. There's sometimes so bad it's good. This to me was not a so bad it's good, although there is some so bad it's good moments in it. But the acting, for the most part, is played very straight and surprisingly well for a movie that I thought was going to be a lot worse. It wasn't we're not talking like over average. I'm just saying it's better than I expected it to be. Story wise, it kind of carries itself a lot better than I was expecting it to. It's bad, though. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to say it's not like, trust me, it's bad. They had to somewhat of a budget, you know, to kind of like keep it into perspective. And I think that's how they were able to get so much stuff done for it. Like, that's the thing I was going to say is like, he doesn't look real great in this movie and he doesn't seem to like put any fucking effort in whatsoever. <laughs> are you are you saying Seagull's not bringing the sex appeal here? Dude, it is bad. I would have loved to see him run just to make them film better. You know what I mean? Like oh, the days of Steven Seagull running in movies are yeah. long gone. But walk, a long system. brisk walk is not going to happen in this movie. <laughs> Although he's walking everywhere in the movie. He, he, like every single time you see him kick, like it, it goes off screen. So you can't see how fucking low his feet can go. Cause it, he, he's not able to like reach up like a, a high <laughs> martial arts kick. It's Dude, like a very limp, weak old man kick. The, the easiest part for him is to just do his lines. And the way he says them and delivers them is just, I'm just like, I was like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, it just feels like he doesn't care like at all. And he's trying to do the cool thing, but you can tell he just doesn't care. He's just trying to cash a check. Like, that's what it felt like. I love the name of the movie, by the way, too. I think Against the Dark is a great name. Whoever came up with that, that is an amazing name for even the type of picture that this would be. But the movie's not a good movie, unfortunately. It just felt like a low effort role for him and all of the other characters in some of the scenes it was like he wasn't even in the same room like i mentioned i swear to god he was literally talking to air because they only had him for a certain amount of time and they probably had to fucking pamper the shit out of him and then they just had to make do with what they got with him because that's usually how it works you know royalty walks in the building you let them do whatever the fuck they want and you do whatever you can to work around it right well, well now he's fucking producing his own film so he doesn't he doesn't even have to put any effort at all He's able to sit. He's able to sit down for his action sequences. Like yeah, his yeah, body like doubles that. are going up against uh, Mike Tyson now for reasons. Like he, he's ba- very much just banking off his his fame that he made in the nineties and like producing bullshit. Here's his but, acting, by the way. It's like someone comes up. Oh my god! Thank you for saving me. Are you doing all right? Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Let's get going, guys. We got to get going. <laughs> okay, you were a little bit off there because he seemed, sounded like he cared about them a little bit. Like you know what? he wouldn't. He wouldn't do that. Like half of his acting was like, "We got to clear out this sector now. Go ahead and clear out this sector." Yeah, right sector sevens really needs to be cleaned up. You, you know, we've been doing this forever, so you should know how to fucking do your job. But I'm going to tell you right now that uh, if you see anything that looks infected, you better kill it right now. Yeah. That was me doing Stallone, that or, or <laughs> Stallone Seagal. Like, <laughs> I, I I could put in more effort than that if I I fucking try. I yeah, I did not live. I did not like this movie, but I, I was kind of amused by how bad it was. It's definitely not. It's not a how bad it's. It's so bad it's good. Right it's, off the bat, dude, the fucking thing where it's like infection. Like, okay, so have you ever seen a movie where it tells you the the word? what the word means and it's like usually a word that you know is pretty accessible to people and it's people use it but it's not a word that you would put up on a fucking dictionary quote they use the word infection i'm pretty sure people know what the word infection is but i think i know why they used it can i can i talk about this real quick i was gonna guess it was like because of 28 days later they're trying to bank off of that cred but what's your reason that you figured out this movie in its title and it's 
synopsis says vampires. But the whole movie, the whole time, is everyone talking about how they're not vampires. And that it's just an infection. And never once do they ever make them to be vampires. They do things that are like vampires and they try to settle the case with the characters. But it feels like this whole time the movie is like very clearly like telling us, look, it's not vampires. We're more clever than just vampires, guy. This is actual realistic. And it's like, we get it. We get it. Because it talks about it the whole fucking movie, dude. What, what, like uh, this to me seems like somebody read I Am Legend and kept like screaming out the ending to uh, the screenwriter during the movie and like let's get some I Am Legend points in there because they said the end of I Am Legend three fucking times in this movie to get their point across the vamp there's more of them than there are of us we're the monsters now it was 30 clearly... minutes later there's more of us than the, there's more of them than yeah. there are of us we're the monsters now the the climax of the movie they said it for the third fucking time there's more of them than there are of us we're the monsters now i am legend had some impact with that because like you realize at the fucking end that uh kimball was fucking killing the vampires during the day and he was the legend that they were talking about during the right. night uh this they 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 read the ending and didn't fucking get it, so they just like had the characters repeat it Mimic over and it, over again. Sorta, yeah, yeah. There was so, and and I am Legend treated vampirism like a fucking disease. So this is very much like an idiot red I am Legend. Yeah, or Omega Man or whatever the fuck. Well, I don't know if Omega Man got it was that based. Point that's what I am Legend. I, I know, I know, it's based off of that, but the ending of I am Legend is like sure. you, I couldn't, I couldn't say the Will Smith one inspire this because the will smith one didn't have the ending that made that kind of impact oh, where they go to the village i think they did I, I, it's been a while no will, will will smith was a legend because he like saved himself for the fucking cure that right. wasn't the fucking point of the book by richard well, the, seagal is no legend in this in this movie although the music will tell you differently by the way you he, notice he, that when he says his name my name's tau it's like i can't remember anybody's name in this fucking movie and you got to get like a fucking mic drop for your fucking name and you haven't Dude, done fucking anything the little girl's like oh my god you saved my life thank you what's your name and he's like oh my name is Tao." and then he just walks away <laughs> and the music's like it's like the early 2000s rock music to fucking Tao, and like i'm barely know this person he's been on screen for like five seconds at this point dude he's and all, yeah, and all that he's done minutes is, by the way yeah all that he's fucking done is fucking awkward slashes with his sword you don't even see them impact him most of the time most of the time his sword is going into people and like they're cutting away just before it go in because uh there there is violence and gore in this movie but it's never active violence and gore they're going after you see them going after organs that are already out on the table or whatever and there's just <laughs> blood all over the place any like the closest thing they do to active gore was when Taggart, the fucking rock uh did you say tag art tag art that's his Taggart. no it's tag art it's Taggart. it's t-a-g-a-r-t yeah Taggart. Taggart. tag art we're not going into this <laughs> so he's out there spray painting walls yes his name's his name is Taggart. He's tagging him up he, because I was about ready to say that where he spray paints the wall, the only active gore that we got was when he he slipped the the neck oh, yeah. of one of the vampires and he tagarded the blood across the wall. Yeah. That's why he has the fucking name. Don't get smart with me, Alex. <laughs> I don't believe that for a sec. <laughs> and this, he he really is kind of like the only thing redeeming thing in this movie. He's the only one with a decent action sequence. Seagal is just slash slash. He can barely fucking move his wrist at any of the action sequences, but they, they cut away to try to make it look ec like epic. But 
Taggart Taggart is fucking like he, he's like jumping up in the air like six feet and like he has like some fucking wrist blades that are going into fucking people. Dude, he, he, his he, eyes he, too when he's doing it, he's like ah. He feels like he's in a fucking movie. He like he he's trying his best and honestly he should have been on the fucking cover and he should have been like the. He fucking was giving it his movie. all, man. Everybody else didn't give a fuck. I mean, like, I think maybe the Amelia chick was actually doing some pretty decent acting. There's some really bad writing in this too because there's like a scene where. Like so, there's like three groups. There's like the the hunters, and then two separate civilian groups that meet in a hospital. Which this hospital, by the way, you are tired of being in the hospital by the time this movie's over because literally it is just one scene to the next of all these characters telling each other to do stupid shit that they shouldn't do. They keep separating from themselves like typical dumb fucking people do in fucking dumb fucking movies like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they couldn't even try to rationalize and split up. Like, this looks dangerous. Instead of going together in a group, let's let's have me go ahead and get fucking killed by fucking vampires. You guys can take a nap. That's okay. Yeah, wait here real quick in this really weird situation on the stairwell where anybody could get you. Just you know, wait here. But I'll be right whole, back. And then they never come back. The whole plot doesn't make sense because they're like uh, the, the one of the groups, the ones that, that had the kid in it came in through a fucking window. And then they're like, oh, there's no medicine here. Okay. For arbitrary reasons, we're going to say you can't go right back out that fucking window and walk around to get to the fucking truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they don't really explain. They just say it's suicide. They don't explain how it's suicide, how that's more suicide than going through a hospital that they know is infected with infested with fucking vampires and so they're gonna they're gonna go no we're not gonna walk around the building that's too far we're gonna go and do these how fucking big is this building where it's gonna take them three fucking hours to get downstairs like three levels or whatever it's (laughs) everything it's it's supposed to take place in four hours four hours of the movie is supposed to be happening in this and it literally feels like them going from one floor to the next is just this insane adventure that really doesn't need to be happening with tons of dialogue that we really don't even care about and it's the typical tropey kind of stuff oh i don't trust you i don't trust you we should trust each other we need to trust each other i trust you now because i got attacked and you saved me well we should be friends okay maybe i don't trust you hey little girl don't sit next to me i don't want to get attached to you stupid bitch yeah like talking shit like that to everybody it's just the, weird. The, there are only three characters from the non-Sagal group that stood out. The blonde, because she was fucking beautiful and she should have been <laughs> every single fucking scene. I don't know anything about her character, but I liked seeing her on there. The kid, because she's a kid and she's shorter than everybody See, else. She pissed she me off because of how she talked to the kid. I, I don't give a Don't sit close it. to me. It didn't make any sense. Like, why would you say that to a kid? And then, and then the druggie stood out because he did drugs. Everybody right. else was like the same fucking character. Even those ones barely stood out. Like the blonde stood out more for me than anybody else. Yeah. I'm like, I'd like her on screen more. But then Seagal had like, there were four people in his group. Only him and Taggart was, uh, were stood out at all. Right. Seagal stood out because I fucking know who Seagal is. Seagal is. If I'd <laughs> gone into this blind and this was my first Seagal movie, I'd be like, Taggart is it has to be the lead character right uh, he's his right man beef his right man right hand beef (laughs) yeah because because he's he's fucking doing shit seagull is saying like really arbitrary lines can i say the fucking line from the beginning that i really wanted to fucking say earlier that's so fucking stupid oh no save that for the spoilers because i want to have some stuff to talk about (laughs) okay seagull's giving out orders and it it's like they've been doing this it's really fucking arbitrary orders it's like basically Clear out this area, whatever. He doesn't stand <laughs> out. And then there's two women 
I, the first time through, I didn't even catch them saying anything. One of them says, yes, sir. So, like, that's the extent of their character art is they wear leather, they look fucking beautiful, and right, they say like the yes Matrix sir, or one something. Time. Because that's really going to be the gear that you're going to use. It's like more like sequence. Blade 2, right? Like, it, like, it had that kind of feel to it. I'd say it's definitely Matrix inspired, or maybe yeah, they did wear a lot of leather in Blade 2, but those were fucking vampires or, or shit. They can wear leather. These are people that are trying to be tactical about it. I'm sorry. They like, they look fucking great. I'm I'm all happy for it. But uh, that, that's not the kind of shit that you wear to hunt down vampires. <laughs> there is, I mean, okay. So for me, there was about two or three kills that were okay, and there was a lot of death. But there's not a lot of like when everybody gets slashed with a sword. There's very clearly no mess on them until afterwards. So there's a lot of scenes where it's very. You need a better choreographer or a better fucking camera operator that knows the choreography as well as the choreographer because I, I, it wasn't working. I think it was Seagull wasn't going to wait for the effects to be fucking done. So Maybe. like when he when he's in scene with his fucking sword, and he's the only guy with a fucking sword. He's not going to let them do good effects. So he's going to do he's going to slash him. They're going to fall down, but there's not going to be any fucking blood or gore with his with his slashing. And this is one of those movies that like. People are like, oh, yeah, I want to watch this shit fest. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mean to sound like a dick. I know that they put more effort into this movie than I was expecting. So kudos to them for trying to get it. Doesn't always work. Honestly, I think the biggest misstep in this movie is picking Seagal. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, if, if they, they, could have made, they could have made the other guy, Taggart, be towel and it would have worked better. Honestly. Well, he probably would have been willing to film more fucking scenes than Seagal was. Right. So, yeah, it definitely would have. This, this could have been his breakout fucking role. Give him the chance, man. I mean, I think he wasn't great, <laughs> but he was at least entertaining. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I could watch his shit. Uh, I, like, I didn't have a problem with him at all. It, it's, it's not going to be like on a, a Jason Statham type level, but it's still entertaining enough watching him. There was some some weird choices that a lot of the characters make and that just kind of bother me. And it was so like trying to be the dramatic dire situation that it wanted to be and take itself too seriously that it almost feels like it should have had more fun with itself. And it seems like the Taggart guy had more fun with it and, and, and should have made it that way a little more and they shouldn't have taken it so goddamn serious, but they're spending $7 million and they're trying to make a really good picture. And you know, it, it just didn't go far as, enough against the dark. <laughs> I, think, I think as soon as you attach a uh, Seagal to this project, you got to know that you're going to be making garbage. Right. I, I, like, Your budget's already spent for no reason. Maybe I don't know how much he charges. I'm just saying. Yeah. I, I'm willing to bet that he he's taking up the majority of this budget and you he's think? putting the least amount of effort. So they went to Bucharest. So, and, and I mean, that's not, that's not a smart idea. I would give this movie probably a, this is being trying to be nice. 3.5 out of 10. I'm not willing to put that 0.5 in there. I, I was going to say I, yes. it's either three or 3.5. It's a three. It is yeah. very much a three. I, you, this is a movie that you can enjoy. If you're watching with beers and a bunch of friends making fun of this, this is a fun movie to watch over beers. Even but on watching, an S big scale, this is like a three, but uh, watching, watching this alone, it's fucking torture. <laughs> like it's pretty bad. Yeah. And I watched this a couple of times because of my memory is fucking terrible. There's so, a ton of fluff in the movie, dude. Like there is literally 30 minutes of just non-talking walking in situations. The military scenes were overdone. The, the arc in that was terrible. It didn't even work. 
and the like Keith scene. David's like, no, you can't. And then he does. And then it doesn't make any sense. The military scenes didn't affect the movie at all. It would have worked if they didn't, if they didn't break the walkie talkie. So like they would be stuck in the building. Like they know that the missiles are coming and there's like a sense of urgency, but they're like, right. There's like, like if they knew that they were in trouble, it would have been good. So like they could have the urgency. They could have had their fucking the rock moment where Nicholas cage comes out right. with the flares or whatever, but that's instead, a good, it's a good idea on paper, but it just did not work in this movie. It definitely feels tacked on because it doesn't affect the plot at all. They yeah. walk five feet out the building. They fucking blow the building up and it's like, it doesn't fucking matter. Well, you probably apparently, shouldn't say that. <laughs> apparently the, bl- nobody's going to fucking watch this. The, the fucking blast radius is apparently five feet because you can get away from it with no fucking trouble at all. So you gave it a three. I gave it a, a three and it's a very, it's, it's a three that I'm like tempted to go down to a 2.9. Well, just call it the S big scale. Then you're, you're safe because then uh, S big scale is always higher than normal. Well, this this is a, this is an S big movie where you cannot watch it alone. But if you watch it with friends that are Seagull fans and you have like pizzas and beers, I think you could have fun ripping apart this piece of shit yeah. of a movie. But you need to be talking over it the entire time. And if you don't have witty friends, it's not you good. can't you can't watch it. You need to make sure your friends are funny because if your friends suck, uh, don't watch this movie. It, it, it very much depends on the audience whether or not this is a fun movie to watch. There is nothing new that you've not seen in this movie. Like nothing. It's literally pieces of other movies that you've seen. Same tropey shit that you would see with all these different survivors in every survivor fucking horror fucking movie that you've ever seen or action film whatsoever. Nothing is new. Half the shit that happens in the movie is just laughable. People die that they don't even care about that shouldn't even be able to die that have never died and should have never died whatsoever. It's just weird. But. We're going to get into the spoilers now, so we just spoil it all. You don't want anything spoiled. Here's your warning. You can find it up on Tubi for free. Watch it now. It'll cost you part of your life. Don't do it. (laughs) So what I, the thing that fucking blew me away is, and I have a little bit of trivia on this, so we'll, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. But the thing that blew me away is that those two girls that are really just like topical, they both get killed so quickly. And one of them, the one that gets killed in the elevator is the one that fucking pissed me off the most because she's like, they're all just walking in there and then she just gets yoinked out. And then all these harrowing tales where fucking towel Taggart and his two fucking badass bitches who were running around and every building like no fucks given whatsoever could not be stopped. If a fucking bulldozer hit them, they would fucking still keep going suddenly she's pulled out the door and that's it guys we don't have the time to save her she's dead now that's what they said and i was like really like they, they didn't even put any fucking effort in. nothing like she, just, she just screamed the people that didn't know her at all like stab her like, through I, the I, chest or something i, I assume seagal and my favorite character tag art uh knew this woman pretty well and they're just like yeah she's dead she's dead right now whatever they don't like they could press the button to try to fucking go up or, or open the fucking doors again because she might have been fighting for her fucking life you don't know <laughs> the, the one girl was like she didn't even scream like the girl's like yeah whatever we're just gonna keep going down well, the fucking elevator the elevator he didn't say anything it was the fucking uh oh, t- it was I, taggart that was like I, she's I'm dead now his- you have to let her go I'm giving his inner dialogue because oh, I, yeah, yeah. I, I can read what Seagal is thinking because me and he was him, a little out of we're, breath. We're on the same level. I got a spiritual bond <laughs> with Seagal. 
yeah, I bet. The, the elevator thing was so fucking weird. So they fucking forget her, and then they open up below, and there's like a, a I don't know why it's this flooded. This is the character thing I was talking about, where the characters do dumb things. Morgan is this character in the movie who is immune to the disease. But and he says like, that. Everybody's telling him that he's selfish. I guess that's what they were trying to play off of him, is that he's a selfish character, even though that really was not that well portrayed, honestly. He says it a couple of times, but he doesn't really convince you. Yeah, he's spending his time with this other lady and they've kind of made it on their own and he's kind of a lone wolf, but he's like, I'll do it. And he goes down there and fucking dies instantly by a water zombie. And it's like, really? And it's dumb. The, the, you can't even see him biting in his neck. He's literally biting air around his neck and the guy falls in the water and is dead. It's like, wow, immune to, to, to the disease and he just dies like that. What a way to go. Maybe I'm stupid, but I don't understand why he went down the elevator shaft into the fucking water. It didn't make like, any sense. The, the elevator jammed. He's like, I'm going to go underneath it. There's, there's a ladder here. It goes into fucking water. I'm just going to go into the fucking water and, and like assume everything's okay. And then the, the elevator immediately start, starts working again for no fucking reason. They, they were in the elevator stalled for five seconds. He's immediately, he's like, I'm going to sacrifice my life. So that they're not stalled for another five seconds in this elevator. It's so fuck. I cannot figure out his motivation, especially since there are hunters there that are that they know how to fight these things. You think you'd be putting one of them first in every single situation where there could be possible peril? It says Seagal and Taggart are just like, yeah, let's send this guy ahead of us for no fucking reason. <laughs> well, the other thing that bothers me is just the whole setting of the hospital. They do a lot of times explain why the door's locked and that they can't get in. But we're talking about vampires that aren't really talkative, but they end up talking anyway. And they're evolving because, of course, I am legend and <laughs> or whatever the fuck it was. He uh, I just I'm thinking like they could climb in a fucking broken window. No problem. Why? Why would why is that the only thing between you and dying? And people I are going in this hospital to for safety when it's like. All the lights are on in the city, except there or there only, but everywhere else his lights are off. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. They they could have come up with a better objective than going out of the fucking hospital. Like there could have been something in the middle of the, of the hospital that they fucking needed. But making them go into the, them trying to exit the hospital when we just saw them come in through a fucking window and they just go, oh, it's suicide. Right. Why don't you just go there. back out the fucking window? They, they didn't explain why that why that made any fucking sense. They, they just say it's suicide. So like, okay, whatever, it's suicide. But there's so much hospital full of fucking vampires. They yeah, they've literally sense. Yeah. They've actually had more problems going the way that they thought they had to than if they would have just climbed out the fucking hole in the window from the get. Like but, they they could they could have maybe had like vampires come in the window and they had to like close off that corridor. Like we can't go back the way that we came. There could have been something that they could have shown us visually. For why they couldn't go back out that fucking window it wouldn't have taken much effort. like i came off that right off the cuff right now for an idea of how they could have made it so they couldn't go right back out the way they came and instead they just they just say it arbitrarily and it never sells yeah they don't sell anything well in this movie to be honest they don't sell the characters on their flaws very well except for the pothead guy who's like yeah i'm gonna take daddy's little helpers in front of the little girl but she's like she's like what's that he's like uh Daddy's little helpers, dude. <laughs> what are those? He's like pain pills. They make the pain go away. Even when you're not in pain. He's like, exactly. 
<laughs> I mean, drugs are cool. He was the only one that stood out from that. Uh, yeah, but he was supposed to be the guy that was bit and transforming. They do that with Amelia, the girl that's like early on because she keeps seeing visions of like stuff that isn't there. And that's one of the side effects of being infected is that you start seeing things that aren't there. And that's what the druggy head guy was like or something. I guess that's what drugs do to you. I, I don't really understand what was going on. I, I don't think that was what was going on. That, that, that was just him showing like trauma going on. Really? Because of. Amelia isn't a problem until she gets bit in the dumbest fucking way possible. They they come across that fucking stupid kid and she's like, I think it's oh, the, the little kid, from, kid. I think it's the kid from the beginning that's the goal saved and he's like, right. well, let's get him somewhere safe. And I guess he, he hey, fucked buddy, up on doing doing. I guess he fucked up on that. He just threw him in the hospital like, safe enough. And then he just let him go. The well, kid gets, yeah, you're the right kid, because he said uh when he gets the kid, after that, they're like, he's like, We need to, you know, go check this. He's like and if we find survivors, he's like, hey, if they can fight, if they look like they can fight, we'll bring them with us. Otherwise, they're on their own. And I'm like, didn't what'd you do with the kid, dude? And apparently he let the kid get fucking bit. And then like the 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 um, Amelia sees the fucking kid. Oh, it's just a fucking kid. She even says he could be infected. And then she just starts like, oh, he's safe. I can wave my fucking hand in front of him for 10 fucking minutes right in front of his face where he has his teeth that can bite down on hands. And then he bites him like, oh, my God, that was so surprising. She got bit by the fucking vampire. Dude, there's a lot of really bad almost biting you scenes. They really wanted that tension in the movie, but they weren't committed to shooting it well because those are the kind of scenes that you really got to cover up a lot in film. You you have to take your time. You got to redo it a couple of times, different camera angles so that you don't see the mouths like they they were trying to do it, but it was very sloppy, like very sloppy. Like everything was been, always like, ah, like it could have bit them 50 times, but they just pretend like I, I, I would have at least on, on Amelia's bite had the kid like chomping down on her hand a little bit and like her trying to bat him off but said he bites and like the scenes and then she's like oh i'm, I'm gonna be a vampire now go save the fucking kid. dude i wanted him just to kick the kid but then fucking exactly. seagal comes up and this is the best seagal scene by the way and just stabs it in the head <laughs> and i was like yeah <laughs> it was like what fucking whatever seagal like he had his cool entrance moments. There's one part where he kicks two people. And I'm like, I, I was like, I'm surprised. Seagal's actually kicking people. Then I rewatched it. I'm like, his That's face is really fucking, his face is really fucking dark right now. Oh, Seagal isn't doing these kicks. That's definitely the fucking stunt. Yeah. Double, yeah. He said, they said that he was only in the movie 24 minutes and uh, yeah. half of that was done by the actual stunt double. Lazy fucking asshole. And the two best kills in the movie are done by none other than Taggart. <laughs> uh what's his name uh tanoi reed which he the the one is where he chops the girls the the first because there was like the scene that really fucked me up in the beginning of the movie where she's sawing her teeth with a file and you see the dust coming down below and i was like oh ooh, I don't do that i kind of like that because it explained why they'd, they'd have like the vampiric teeth is because of like it's not something that happens like naturally. It's like right. something that they're doing. That that I was like, this is a cool different lore onto the movie. That was when I was giving it too much credit. Right. That was the first scene. That's why. <laughs> there is he cuts her head off, and then there's another scene where he bumps into a big infected, and he's like, "What the fuck are you?" <laughs> and then somehow they get into a tussle, and he drops a grenade picks it back up and slams it into a hole in his chest and then pushes him and hides behind a 
a gurney and he explodes all over the place. He's like, not so big after all, huh? Yeah, it, again, it's, it's like things that sound great on paper. That was okay. No, I kind of like saying those are the good spots in the movie. Like, those were the okay parts. I like the the guy. I I, I can't remember the characters. They all blend together, but they come across the guy that's been living in the in the hospital for a while. He has the long hair. He kind of looks infected. He's like, oh, you're not infected. And then he he, he knocks the guy out. Which the way they cut that scene was really fucking weird. Is they, they do like the knockout sound effect uh, against the guy that came into the restroom, and then uh, yeah, that's what move. yeah, that's the oh my god, he didn't yeah. fucking move. Like do some kind of flinching for that the was not even apparent effect. at all. It was just like wait, what what just happened? Did he just like sound effect punch him? Yeah, it was very fucking weird. And, and then that you, character is a fucking piece of shit too. I hated that. Yeah, yeah, but then he he wakes up tied up and like, oh, I guess he did knock him out. It wasn't just like some weird cutaway sound effect that they fucking. Well, they did. show him dragging him through the hallway, and he's yeah, talking to him. But it doesn't make any sense. He's like, oh, I've been out here so long that I've had to not eat. There's food in the hospital, by the way, which they all enjoy and have this big meal, and there's enough for everybody to eat. But the guy didn't think to go to the cafeteria and eat food, so he's decided that he's going to team up with another infected little girl who's cognizant and actually can talk to him. I I thought that was his daughter, he said. No, I don't. I mean, I don't know. He said I'm that almost, he was, I'm almost positive he said that was his daughter and it was like keeping the, it, somehow that was helping him keep the bad infected she, away. Yeah, he said that she finds out if the person's infected or not, so he knows the, not to drink the bad blood because and that's that, how he's been surviving. And Seagal stands up for him after he shoots him in the chest. He's like, yeah, I've seen some people do some crazy things to survive. <laughs> just yes. downplays it like i'm like this guy's nuts and like what the fuck he's like i love that scene too actually because it was funny because he was like the doctor guy with that's drinking people's blood he's like what the fuck who are you and what are you doing here and he's like i'm the guy that's gonna do things to you that you're doing to others pop <laughs> yeah like and they've been silent with the swords the entire time not to right in order not to get the vampires and like this guy that he could fucking kill so fucking easily he decides like yeah this is a scene where I'm going to get the big fucking shotgun that could warrant every vampire and infected guy there. And he does it. And it, it apparently doesn't bring the vampires because it's the goal. And his loud fucking shotgun doesn't mean yeah. anything to anybody else. It's it really, his really brilliance muffles the sound of the shotgun. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, there was some uh, that was like, I mean, it's just that character in particular just really bothered me. And then the. They cut away as they're going to the girl and she hisses at him or something like that, right? She didn't even really look like a vampire. She just looked like a pale little girl. They didn't yeah, really like, sell that very well. What am I? Are we going to McDonald's after this or something? Uh. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, Seagal's just like, he's there to do like the, the memorable taglines and all of them are fucking terrible. The opening sequence, I'm finally going to say the line that I've been wanting to say this entire oh, yeah, thing because it doesn't make any fucking sense. They kill like so a bunch of vampires in the opening sequence. It's supposed to be awesome. And Seagal's doing his lazy, lazy dad bod samurai sword shit, killing the vampires. And then this line doesn't make sense to anything that's going on. We're not here to decide what's right or wrong. We're here to decide who lives or dies. And I'm like, no, 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 this doesn't make sense to anything that's going on. <laughs> Are you in a different movie? Nobody was objecting to this. Listen, Grandpa, you're freaking out right now. <laughs> like, Seagal has Alzheimer's and he thinks he's somewhere else right now. I feel now. bad, man. Like, you know, 
how how tarnished the Hollywood star has gotten, you know, like <laughs> his early stuff is great. I don't I'm not going to say anything about uh, I'm not going to like talk uh, about, oh, how far his star has fallen. Seagal has stopped putting in the effort is, is yeah. a lot of the well, we so knew that all on him. with Machete or was it Machete too? He he was in Machete. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of enjoyed that one. It, like it was cool. It was better than this. His role. Oh, oh, fucking yeah, it was. That was way better. But they put they put more emphasis on it. I don't know. This one just felt like it's like your dad walks in the room and you're like, and then the music gets really loud and it's supposed to be this cool moment, but it just isn't for this one. I, they had a lot of those moments where it was like, you know, like and it's like. Yeah, nothing in this movie really carried it. Like, there's nothing interesting that much other than a few moments that were okay. That's what it. That's what I'm saying. Like, like Keith David and Lyndon Ashby are like the biggest, coolest fucking names in this, and they're they're doing a side plot that doesn't affect the movie terrible fucking all. And it's just like this is a waste of two great actors here that both should have been starring in this more than Seagal. I would have I would have happily watched Keith David. Lyndon Ashby movie against vampires instead of fucking Seagal. Well, this, it, and he, it's terrible. like it's supposed to be this thing where he's like, "Look, there's civilians in there, and I'm not going to let you kill them." You know, this like like really strong. It's been done in a ton of movies. Yeah, like, it's a cliche. It was in Rambo movies for Christ's sake. I think I don't even know what it was. There's living civilians in there. Yeah, I, I think First Blood Part Two kind of dealt with that kind of shit. Yeah, that's what but, it uh, was. It, they and it doesn't affect the plot at all because like the, the missiles still go. Lyndon Ashby didn't really uh, uh, delay anything, and right. it just happens to be right after they fucking walked out of the fucking building and has the five blast radius. Yeah, it, I want to go on record, Lieutenant, to say that I am against you fucking dropping. Uh, what is it? What do they ca- keep calling it in the movie? Like, desanitize. We got to sanitize the area which essentially means bomb the shit out of it. But he's like, I'm against you sanitizing. And he's like, you know what? We're going to give him to six o'clock in the morning. And then when the, when he, the heads of, of lieutenants in charge, he's like, well, I guess we tried. <laughs> I yeah. guess we tried to stop him before they killed innocent people, but oh, uh, call of duty. But they, they get walkie talkies at some point, I guess. I guess they were in the truck. Cause they're say, Hey, they all, they all survived. You're all, all your people, all your hunters. And it's like, yeah, it make any sense. it's yeah. so fucking awesome. They apparently they're impervious to bombs. So it really would have fucking matter if we had done this earlier on in the night, because of, any realistic thing would have had them fucking dead from where they walked out of that fucking oh, building. Yeah. This is one of those movies that's going to be hard to pay attention to. I think most people are gonna not, <laughs> not going to like it. And I, and even one of my friends who is typically pretty nice about movies was not very nice about this one. And I understand, you know, to each their own. Nobody goes into making a bad movie. Thinking, oh, Seagull waste... yeah. went into this. This is going to be a bad fucking movie. I, I thought that was the poorest choice, but also it's the it's the bait. It's the carrot on the stick that makes people want to watch it anyway, because this is not a movie they're going to watch again. But the only reason it will be memorable is because, oh, yeah, you remember that Seagal movie that he fought a vampire in? So it's going to get some mileage just it's based the... on that. It's Seagal's shitty version of Blade, right. in which I say definitely watch Wesley Snipes. He does it 10 10- 20 fucking times better oh, than this. Of course, yeah. The thing is, is like if you're trying to build a movie just to get people to watch it on the basis that they're not going <laughs> to enjoy it whatsoever, then you probably did something wrong along the way, maybe. I don't know. I'm sure they didn't intend it to be. And like I said, there was a big, this is a bigger budget than I thought it was going to be. I truly thought this was like under a million dollars easily. Like I thought that's what the kind of movie it was. 
It definitely feels. I, I have a feeling it's majority going to Seagal. <laughs> I don't know, man. Do you think he's that hot headed? Like that big headed? Oh, listen, listen to the beyond behind the bastards episode. Oh, well, there's actually three episodes on Seagal. He's a real piece of shit. He he definitely is hot headed enough. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Like, oh, what? Listen to any fucking interview. He he will it sounds definitely like strong arming everybody, right? He'll he'll fucking talk talk shit on Michael Jai White, say that Michael Jai White's not a real martial artist. I saw artist. that. I saw he'll, that. He'll talk down on, on uh, John Claude Van Damme. And like, so hey, like, we're good. We're safe, guys. You know, if he does it, we can do it. We're all good. Yeah, I I think uh, I think Seagal would get his ass kicked by everybody that he says could not kick his ass. <laughs> I heard something I, on the on a podcast recently about taxes or something like that. Was he talking about Wesley? I'm not, I'm not sure, but I think Jerry Seinfeld could kick Seagal's ass, and that's what I, I'm I don't know, man. I still I, wouldn't want to go up against the guy, dude. <laughs> I, I, I think, ta- nah, I I'm think, not going to tango with fucking that guy. I'll fight you, Seagal. <laughs> I don't know, man. He might be the wild card. You're just not expecting. Pull some fucking Aikido move, which, by the way, I forgot to mention this. His signature style, his trademark fighting style is Aikido. I said judo. So I was yeah. wrong. Um, he never does it in most of his movies, by the way, but he does it in this movie at the very end when his sword breaks, which is mean. What's that mean? Like your, your Aikido fucked it up and you broke your sword. I have, it's not, <laughs> nothing really stood out for me. So if he, yeah. if he finally did his, his real martial arts, it just seemed like a bunch him. of dudes rolling around on the ground. <laughs> I don't know. Seagal, I, I just think of with slap fights against Tommy Lee Jones. Like, whatever. Oh, yeah. oh that's true, huh? <laughs> I, I'm sure he knows some martial arts, but right now, I feel like he's in the kind of shape where I can kick his ass. So Bomba clot! Yeah. It, it, this movie's fucking awful. It was a fucking waste of time. Yeah, watch Mark watch. for Death. That's or, a better or, movie. Or Hard Target, his absolute best. Because Hard Target has Seagal running. Oh, hard targets Van Dam. My bad. Uh, hard to kill has has Seagal running, and Seagal running is the thing. greatest thing on earth. He's training. He's he's the best around. He's climbing up a mountain and running around. You should have sounded winded in the middle of that, and that would really <laughs> like give you the image of Seagal. <laughs> it. I mean, I you know I've seen worse movies, so I mean it's really not as bad as uh, you know all that. I've seen will, way worse. I will say I have seen worse than this. this Howling this 4 is boring as shit. Howling 7 is terrible, and it's like, you really got to be a friend to like that movie. The worst movie I've ever seen was Carnage, The Legend of the Quilt Face. So this is better than that. Sounds I'll really it, amazing, though. I don't know. It's it's a Texas Chainsaw ripoff with like a $5 budget. So uh, like I, this, this is better than that. I saw My Brother and His Squished Brain. Or something like that. I think it's called my dumb brother and his squished brain. And it oh, was I thought like, you were talking about your actual brother with no, his squished brain giving you a recommendation. It's a movie about a guy who starts injecting himself with his own urine and like <laughs> it goes that, on a killing spree. Does that make you powerful? I don't know, but it might be slightly less intellectual than this movie. You know what I mean? So it's just above this movie's just above. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I almost need to break the seal right now from all the beers I've been drinking. Maybe I'll just do that right now. Load her up, man. Sail off. Inject that shit. (laughs) Or piss, I guess. All right, guys. Well, I think that's pretty much it for the fucking episode. It's definitely a a big one. I hope you guys enjoyed our banter back and forth. Nice to have you on, Josh. I really appreciate it, man. 
It's absolutely a joy to be on here. I was listening to this before I ever thought about podcasting. Like you're, you're one of the reasons why I started to do it. Cause you well, sound I'm like honored by that, man. You, you sounded like you're having such a good time. I am. I enjoy you can it. See. I, and, and that's why I started doing it. And I'm having a great time. See? And like you and Christina are fucking great. I hope to eventually podcast with Christina. Yeah. Christina. Jesse. She's a fucking amazing co-host. Yeah. Both of her co-hosts kind of uh, left us out to dry. Here. Yeah. What the fuck, man? Maybe they're doing another podcast while we're not looking. Those motherfuckers. <laughs> no, it's all good, Jesse. We love you, man. We don't have to agree on things. If if you follow my mine and Alex's talks yeah. on the in the Facebook, do you love horror group? It's true. I'm, He's usually wrong and I don't even mind. I'm usually arguing against Alex's stupid opinions like on I see you, which is a uh I, I'm gonna think I'm gonna raise it up to a nine point nine no, right now. No. You're gonna great lose your, fucking, all, all credit that has ever been given to you. Greatest fucking movie ever made. I thought I gave Alex it a high score wrong, by so giving it a five. Jesus I, Christ. I, I'm I'm still on the six point six. I'm just we'll I'm see. being sarcastic. So but who's yeah, the who's was, the better one, huh, guys? Just uh, do, do a vote, see who's the honest one and who's the liar. <laughs> okay. Six point six was perfectly good. That's a high rating. score, man. I don't know, dude. But the other one we kind of agreed on, you know, against the dark yeah. is pretty terrible. But you know, it is an indie, 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 indie budget, but it had seven million dollars. So there's a higher expectation for something as indie as that. You know what I mean? Like if they had five hundred thousand dollars, I would be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But no. seven million? Seven million you had, and this is the movie that you made. If they if they made this movie for ten bucks, I'd still feel like they got too much out of it. Dude, I've I, seen I movies still that were made shit. on five hundred thousand that blow this out of the water. <laughs> yeah. Conceptually acting everything. So something went wrong, man. And I feel bad because I don't like to shit on movies. I don't, you know, maybe this is someone's favorite movie. This is no. the, the movie that turned them into a fucking Steven Seagal fan. I don't know. There isn't a single person on earth that, that thinks this movie is. And if there is, good. maybe they should be put down. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that because maybe they want to listen to bloody good film podcast. So <laughs> live, but get a little bit better opinion. Guys, make sure you follow bloody good film podcasts and check out Josh and Jesse's commentary. They have a lot of really fun commentary that goes way off the sidetrack as you can probably evidenced here in this episode. That's kind of how it goes. Uh, they do have a different scoring system and which is unique and I think fun and you guys should check it out if you like horror and action they watch a lot of a lot of really great stuff so there's links down below you should check it out thank you again Josh and as always long live the boy.